This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Jeff Gobb here at BWG for Tremendous, I don't even know the name of the show, but you're listening to Busted Wide Open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 212. My name is Nick Howell. And pretty sure every member of the New Day screamed in agonizing pain as their eyes bled from watching Rob Gronkowski attempt to dance his way to the ring. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to this week's episode of Busted Wide Open. Uh, Nick, the crazy times still continue here. Yes. Uh, it's, it is a bizarre time to live in, let alone to be a wrestling fan, because it's hard to watch wrestling shows when you can't have an audience. Right. You can barely even have wrestlers in a room. Right. You're not supposed to have sweaty people in a room together breathing on each other. But they do. That's not supposed to happen. And some t- somehow they're trying to figure out a way to do it anyway. Uh, and, and we have to talk about all of it this week. We've got AEW. We've got NXT to kind of talk about. We've got Friday Night SmackDown to kind of talk about. It, it's, been, it's been a weird week. Nick, it's been a weird. How are you doing over there, man? How is quarantine treating you? Uh, I've eaten all my groceries um, <laughs> I, that we, we stocked up earlier in the week. And they're – I'm just kidding. No, we're doing good. Uh, all things considered – all joking aside, um, we're doing really well. Uh, we're normal homebody hermit in types anyway, so I work from home, have for the last eight years, so it's kind of like you know a little bit of normalcy. We avoid the news as much as possible. That keeps yeah. spirits up. Highly recommend that. We tried watching <laughs> it the other night. We made it about 10 minutes before yeah. we both started feeling like complete and utter dog shit, so turn the news off. Yeah, read it when you absolutely have to, but it will do amazing things for your spirit. Anyway, the, in uh, general, I agree with you. I, I think that I, I I would have missed a couple of the uh, stuff coming through about what we're supposed to do here in LA if I hadn't been watching the news. But there's definitely a lot out there that I'm just I'm so glad I'm just to be pushing off and be like I don't I. Whoa. I watch I watch the live Ooh. press conferences on Facebook Live of the officials saying what they need to say, but the sensationalism. That goes on in mainstream media it, on both sides is absurd, and I just mm. I have no tolerance for it. Anyway, yep. good times. Oh, good times. How about yourself, sir? How are you doing over there in uh, Los Angeles? I know you guys have it a lot worse than we do in California. I it's been an interesting week. I've spent most of it trying to work out uh, how all the employees from my bar is going to get paid. 
uh, if they can get paid working with uh, employment, uh, you know, unemployment basically. So it's that's been interesting. But now I'm staring down. You know, that's all done. I've boarded up the windows. Uh, it's done. Now it's just a matter of the next week, just kind of sitting around yeah. and uh, you know finding things to do. So it's kind of like next, wrestling content. Week, <laughs> I was going to say this coming week's going to be when I start actually getting really kind of productive and 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 whatnot. So I'm actually I'm I'm looking forward to that. You know, yeah. the band wants to record finish recording the new album this week too. So. You know, I'll just sit down in a room far away from the other people in the band and, you know, record something. Are you so. going to do it over Google Hangouts or Skype or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> no, we, we, no. <laughs> no, Nick. It's not how it works. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's so far so good. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been fun to have a little bit of the wrestling content to, uh, to keep things n- somewhat normal. Although then I turn on the wrestling content and it's not normal at all. It's anything but. <laughs> no. But we, we need to talk about that, Nick. But let's do some housekeeping. Get everyone up to speed, and then we will get in and talk about the insanity of this week. Yes, uh, guys, definitely come over and join us in Facebook. Lots of great activity this week. Love you guys and all of the new uh, patrons. Uh, just I want to I want to give a shout out to every single one of those. The sub train got rolling over the last couple of days, and about a whole bunch of you showed up. And thank you very much for that. It's it means the world to us, especially in this time that you're willing to give over your hard earned dollars uh, to help support content creation it's it's a really big deal for not only us but all podcasts all youtubers all streamers are 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 using this as a platform to continue so yeah thank you very much for all of your support uh all of the shout outs over on facebook Uh, make sure you're also in our discord community if you're watching on youtube you can see it in the description below find that link as well pinned across our social media profiles such as uh, uh instagram and twitter you can find us at bwo podcast Streaming live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Making progress. We're getting there. Thousand subscribers right around the corner. Let's keep telling everybody, especially during these times, if they're looking for additional wrestling content to consume because they can't just can't handle watching any more empty arena matches. Uh, we got stuff for them. So send them our way. Send them to our YouTube <laughs> channel. All the All the word and all the word of mouth that you can. We really appreciate it. Last but certainly not least, as I mentioned, we had... A milestone happened this week that I need to quickly address. Um, we broke 50 patrons because we made yeah. a big deal about it. So I have been on a mission to learn how to make dubstep music. Uh, that's been fun. Uh, I've mixed quite a few audio sessions before myself. I've never uh-huh. done like full digital knob-turning dubstep kind of whatever the hell it is for those of you that are not in the know here's how this happened about a year ago i said when we get if we make it it's kind of how i got the naya shrine behind me there's no way we're ever gonna get to 20 patrons if you know what i'll put a naya shrine up yeah if if we get one week later yep oh that was quick you guys showed up so I said, you know what? I'm going to double down on this. If we get to 50 patrons, pff, y'all, you're never getting to 50 patrons. You know what? I'll make a dubstep remix of Nia Jax's theme song and use it as my ringtone. Include some of the little coughing <laughs> promo things. She's not like most girls. <laughs> well, we hit, it. we hit it yesterday. Uh, so as, as it currently sits, we are at 53 patrons. Now, let me say this. <laughs> if in the process of the next week while I'm making this song, we drop below 50, 
You still got to do it. You still got to do it. I don't know. I mean, what's the you what's the gotta... stipulation here? <laughs> you know, we've we've stayed above twenty since Nia went up. Do I do uh, I get to take gotta, it off my phone? You still got to make the damn thing. I'll let, oh, I'll let you take it, it off your phone until we get back over fifty. You know, we'll st- we'll stay over fifty. Damn it, we will. I'm, I'm just I am giving you positive shit. on this. Listen, absolutely, so. we're gonna stay over fifty. Thank you guys so much for showing up. If you'd like to get in on some of those exclusives or contribute to the future growth of the show, it is the best way to do that. Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers that gets you access to some some pretty cool exclusive perks, access to the show notes that Ian and I use for every single episode, plus the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag series that we do immediately after this show every Saturday around 5 p.m. Eastern to Pacific. Uh, we mm. also do that as a dedicated series on YouTube because it just became one of our favorite things, and we wanted to break that out last fall as part of our bigger relaunch. But yes, show notes, bonus episodes, Skype calls, sweet swag, all kinds of good stuff over at Patreon dot com slash bwo ian we got a lot of the graps to get through got a lot of stuff to talk about let's kick things off with the big news well on our last show we announced that wrestlemania was not going to be held in tampa bay after all not in the big stadium at least and that's still true but we do have an update It will not be held just at the Performance Center on one night. No, no. It will be two nights, two nights of WrestleMania, and it will be happening not only at the Performance Center, but all over. They're going to have a bunch of studio shots, and it's going to be a smorgasbord of stuff. We don't even know what all they have planned for this, but it sounds like they're getting a bit creative. I do know there is a curfew in effect. Uh, down there in Florida uh, where they're filming all of this. So everyone's got to be home by 11. So I would imagine if WrestleMania starts at 7, it's not going to be, you know, two five-hour shows. It's going to be like two three-hour shows, two three- or four-hour shows, and everyone's going to go home. Uh, So that is what we know so far. Uh, We also know that they've announced a host who came out on SmackDown this week, and that host is none other than legendary wrestler and, and and. Persona, Rob Gronkowski, football uh, player for the New England Patriots. Um, okay, I guess he's got nothing better to do. His quarterback is coming down there to Florida, so he might as well be down there already, right? Right. Uh, why not? Why how, not? How, how much does it suck to be a Patriots fan right now? I don't know. I but it's about goddamn time it sucked to be a Patriots fan. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Welcome to the rest of our worlds. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your lives, never having, never winning another Super Bowl, guys. That was it. You're done. That was it. Uh, so they're filming this over the next two weeks. They got, apparently have a very uh, tight filming schedule, so it will not be done live. They're filming this in secret, and I would imagine they're also filming multiple endings to the big matches, so that no one knows what the actual ending is. And Vince can actually change it between now and then, depending on how he's feeling. Yeah, play package uh, that is, B. <laughs> that is totally baseless speculation on my part, but if they don't do that, I'll be shocked. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah, so that is what's happening with WrestleMania right now. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. Wait, so I've uh, got to endure two nights of basically what I just watched on SmackDown? Maybe, unless they find a new way to present it. I mean, you know, we know that uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins... Uh, are going to have a some like a sort not a street fight but a performance center fight, maybe like a long form version of what we saw from Ciampa and Gargano last week. Sure, but uh, yeah, as of right now, 
hopefully they're going to, you know, change it up so it won't just all be people in the ring. Here's the thing. We do know that Vince is Vince hates the, the seeing the wrestling out there the way it is that's been this week. And at least he had some wrestling matches this week on SmackDown, but I don't he's not going to have the whole thing look like that. No. It, it, um, God, I hope not. That's his baby. Woof. That's WrestleMania is like his calling card. Right. You know? So and and they're doing a lot to promote it still. So and they have more of a captive audience at home to watch it than ever. So yeah, we will see what they what they end up doing as far as uh, production decisions. But uh, we what we do know is two nights of WrestleMania, and uh, they're filming it as we speak. Uh, not to be outdone, AEW has moved blood and guts. It was going to be a special TV show, well, not a pay per view, but it was supposed to be next week. And they have announced after this week that it, they're moving it back. They said it's too special. It's too big of a card. There's too much we want to do on that show. We have to do it in front of a crowd. So it's been pushed back indefinitely. With the card that they had for it, there was no major feuds being, you know, there's no capstones on feuds in that, on that show. There was nothing that they couldn't push back, which I thought was very canny booking on their part. Right. And I think it's also smart of them. Smart of them to kind of be able to, to push it back a little bit and they can build some more towards it. They've got the room in their stories to do so. But they are gonna they are gonna push it back. Instead of it having that next week, they have announced that next week will feature Chris Jericho getting in the ring with Matt Hardy. They didn't say if it was a wrestling match. Spoiler alert. Con- confronting. But uh yeah. Yeah. I we were gonna spoil it anyway, but there you right. go. I'll, I'll reserve my comments about the blood and guts thing and the Chris Jericho in the ring uh, for after we talk about what ne- what's next. But yeah, guys, two nights of WrestleMania. There's a lot of, oh, they're just doing that because Wrestle Kingdom did it. And, oh, they're just doing that because they can't stay out past 11. And I'm just like, well, has it gone on past 11 before? Don't they normally start it at like 5.30 or 5 or 6? They started an hour or two earlier when it's WrestleMania. So they're, we're usually out by 11 anyway. So I'm I'm not I'm sitting here going, well I'm like, how are you going to fill that much time? Are you going to have 27 different countries of announcers represented that you have to spend five minutes going down the line? Are you going to yeah. have the giant long ramps? Nope. That takes all the time for the entrances. I mean, you can cut time. You can find ways to be efficient when you're not ju- using those giant stadium venues like that. It won't take Undertaker half an hour to get to the ring. So, I, I don't know. Last year was 12.30 a.m. Oh, yeah. I'd, oh, boy. I don't remember that. Uh, anyway, I, I might have had too many beers. Anyway, what I was getting at was <laughs> what we're going to talk about later with regards to SmackDown is where I have a lot of input. But uh, we'll save that for later. But let's head over and talk about what went down Wednesday night on All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> So, Nick, before we get into the action of what happened on the show, let's talk about their presentation because it was very different to what WWE was doing. Obviously, same circumstances, but they took a different approach to it altogether. They had uh, a lot of little nuances that I thought really were uh, were effective in making this uh, as best, as good of a show as it could be. For one thing, they didn't have a hard cam in its normal place uh, on the, the stage left side of the ring. They had it in the back of the building facing directly again, uh, up towards the stage. The Tron. Looking the, at the right, Tron. It's facing the Tron the entire time, 
which I thought right there, you're not looking at an empty crowd. You're not looking at a big black space in your screen. You're just seeing the graphics. You're seeing basically just all of all all their stuff. This gigantic wall of AEW behind the action. Right. So that helped, I thought, immensely as well. Um, and then they also had other wrestlers who are either performing on the show or who were around sitting out in the crowd. And, and they kind of came and went throughout the show and, and they changed their ranks. You had one side where all the heels were, one side where all the faces were. And they were being interactive. So when you had matches, and they had more matches on the show than, than WWE has had since all this went down. Uh, combined. Combined. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They had more matches on the show than WWE's had combined. But you had people yelling things. Relevant things, funny things. Uh, it felt like you were watching it at a small indie event because people were were saying things, and it and it lent this feeling of action. Other people were watching it. It made you engage more. And those were just two small tweaks that I thought were a massive improvement. They also had the audience totally dark, so anytime you did see the the crowd area, it was just it was just dark. There was no big lights out there like you had the performance center where the entire place is lit up completely bright uh this was just darkness what did you think about them using daily's place which is an amphitheater so it has a great acoustics uh what did you think about them using daily's place as uh in this kind of format did it was it effective was it more effective than wwe but still weird like what did you think of it nick i, I know you're asking me a specific question there but i want to go back and kind of do what you just did okay um my first impression i was a yeah. little worried because it opened up and it was sort of dark. It was a dark black box kind of set. It looked like, <laughs> right. and yeah. you had Cody and Matt and Matt Jackson, and you had Kenny eventually come out, and they were doing their thing about the elite. And I was sitting there going, "Oh no, they they don't know what to do." I had those kind of doubts initially, and then they call Hangman out, and he didn't even speak, and he says, "Are you with us?" And yeah, okay. And I was going, "Oh no." Then they started to build on it. And I remember if you guys go back and listen to last, if you remember last week's episode, last Saturday's episode, I said we had just watched that first SmackDown with the empty, with no audience. Right. And I said, you know what would have been awesome if they had had like five to ten people uh, in the audience, superstar, they've got hundreds of people that are part of the PC, superstars, sure. trainees, trainers, all that stuff that could have been out there cheering, interacting. Get, Hell, like five to, get like five to ten people tested and have them throw, throw them out there at least six feet apart from each other. Yep, and just have <laughs> you know. something because the thing that made the WWE shows the most eerie and awkward was that silence. The silence in between yes. the promos. And it worked with Cena and Bray, and it worked with the Roman interview, but during a match, you need something going on. I thought the way that they executed this in AEW this week was absolutely brilliant. You had side storyline going on between MJF and Sean Spears. Yes, their little gambling thing over there. They got Tony Schiavone wrapped up in it, yep. and it was hilarious. Oh, that was absolutely brilliantly done. You had them interacting with uh, the other superstars, such as Sammy Guevara, as they were coming out. So there was action outside mm -hmm. of the ring in and around what was happening amongst all of the matches and frankly they had a regular show all of the matches that, that you would normally expect to see i was very pleasantly surprised that they still had a normal card for the night i, w I yeah. never expected that and you know it was funny enough we'll talk about this more later but going into smackdown i had this kind of like 
oh, maybe maybe WWE will watch this and be like, okay, <laughs> oh. here's here's the thing. That's how to do that. Here's how we things we can adjust. Nope. <laughs> Spoiler no. alert. Nope. 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 <laughs> No, nope, you uh, could hear so, them. You could hear them calling signals in the in the in the in the back on SmackDown during the silences. It was it was bad. Uh, t- quick quick second here, Nick. Uh, before Man, I before I get done, Mopman Sean oh, Saturn yeah. here just tipped twenty bucks in the in the in the chat. Dude, Sean, thank you so much, brother. Mr. Innovator Moppy. of the Mop, Mr. Innovator Mop, of the Mop. Mr. Thank Mop you, himself. He, he will henceforth be be known as the Mop. Yes, Mopman Sean Saturn. There you go, Sean All Saturn. Right. Nice. Go go! I'm sorry. Sorry, I interrupted uh, no, that, you. But thank that's you, what Sean. I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say as well. Thank you, Sean Clark, with twenty bucks in the tip jar. Says thanks for all yeah. the great work, guys. You're a good distraction right now. Really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, that's that's what we we hope to bring you a bit of pleasure. Yeah, in, during this to, time, but not to distract you, Nick. You were you were talking about all the little side stories that were going on, all the little yes. other elements that they had, and how much better that would that, that, that made the show overall. Yep. You had the thing outside with Moxley showing up and not being allowed into the arena because of limitations and stuff, and you know, uh, outside being interviewed and pulling up in his Ford GT40 that he uh, this, that he still has that the inner circle gave him. Just and just oh, well, you're not gonna let me in. Well, let me tell you something. Just cuts a promo out in the parking lot. Just brilliant. Just stuff that, like that this. Just couldn't fit back in the damn car. He had to like right. dive halfway through. He's a six foot four man. He's not supposed to be driving a little thing like that. Good grief! It must have been like a go kart to him. Absolutely. Uh, just <laughs> uh, hearing that thing roar off, I just went, oh, 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 oh yeah, oh, oh, oh. dripping all over the place. Yes. Oh man, but all of this stuff. Look, we're going to talk about each of these as we go through because we've got some pretty pretty big things that happened in un- in this climate. We had two major, major things debuts. happen. Uh, yeah. On this episode of AEW Dynamite, so let's start going through them, man. Let's let's break okay, down. Yeah, no. So as you said, Cody started the show with what I thought was a, a really good, uh, a really good promo where he started off, you know, addressing the fact that there was no crowd, and uh, and worked it into storyline where he basically said, you know, it's funny that I'm going to come out here and tell some people in the back, some of the best wrestlers in the world, to get along. Uh, and work together at a time when we all are so far apart, but also need to be working together. And uh, you know, essentially said, "Look, I'm honored that we can be here and, and entertain you guys, but now I got to deal with some business." And started trying to put Matt Jackson and Hangman back together before they have to go and fight the Inner Circle at at, uh, at uh, Blood and Guts, whenever that's going to happen. Right. But again, I loved the way that Cody started this out and really elegantly addressed the elephant in the room or not in the room as it was, as it were, and then moved smoothly, really smoothly straight into let's talk about the story. Let's, let's get the storyline going. Cause you said, called out Matt Jackson, called out hangman, you know, hangman was on the top of the ramp with his whiskey and cheers them. Is like, yep, yeah, yeah, I'm on the same page. And Matt Jackson is, oh, yeah, I guess we're on the same page. Kenny Omega. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page. So that happened. And then we had a match with the inner circle at the end of the night, uh, and it was um, it was Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz against Cody Matt and Hangman, and uh, you had Sammy Guevara, Ken, uh, Kenny Omega, and Arn Anderson, like the other elite guys, ringside, and then Jericho was over at the commentary desk. So that was pretty much where everybody was for all this. And uh, fun match ends up with Santana doing a surprise roll up on Matt Jackson. Right as Matt Jackson and Hangman were getting on the same page. So I like the right. fact that it might have under, undercut their belief that by being on the same page, they can make things work. 
In the entire match, Hangman is just kind of sulking off on the side. And then he finally like comes and helps <laughs> at the end, and then Matt gets rolled up. And it's like, oh, come on, man. So, of course, Jericho starts gloating after the match. You know, hey, we're going to kick your ass in her circle. We outnumber you five to four. What are you going to do? Nick Jackson is home. He's he's not cleared to fly because of what the inner circle did to him. Right. Uh, you know, really, he's home having a baby. Or his wife's having a baby, let's be clear. Um, and uh, so he's like, what are you going to do? And all of a sudden, ring, 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 out of the sky, little white drone comes down. By God, Nick, it's Vanguard one. Where have we seen that before? Where have we seen that before? In the rafters, Matt Hardy's in the rafters. We're out of time. It's the end of an old WCW episode. He's in the rafters practicing proper social distance. Broken <laughs> Matt Hardy is in the house. Oh, Broken boy. Matt Hardy is the fifth member of the elite to go to Blood and Guts. Uh, there it is. It, we, we speculated it for months. We were guessing about it. We assumed about it. It has happened. It is happening. It makes all the sense in the world if you've ever watched the Broken Universe and being the elite and seeing the amount of things that they've woven together. The fact that the Bucks were the ones that took the titles off the Hardys when the Hardys went back to WWE uh, back, you know, whatever, whenever it was WrestleMania three years ago. It makes all the sense in the world that Hardy would go to AEW. He is here now. We know his alignment. He is aligning with the heart, the the uh, the Bucks and the inner, and excuse me, the Bucks and the Elite. Nick, what do you think is the potential for Matt Hardy here? What what are the possibilities? This caught me really off guard because we have to talk about the other debut uh, before we can really say too much. But this caught me off guard because I was riding the train off the cliff that Matt Hardy was the exalted one. Uh, you were, you were. Uh, a lot of people were like the yeah. greater majority of the wrestling community and industry was on that train that Matt Hardy is is the exalted one. And I'm not gonna lie, like I, was, <laughs> I was I was riding the caboose on that one, and I couldn't figure out who else it was gonna be. We obviously knew that uh, you had uh, you had Lance Archer over there aligning with with uh, Jake the Snake. That was that was a done deal. So that left you know of all the guys they were acquiring, either Brody Lee, former Luke Harper, or Matt Hardy is the exalted one, and uh, I I personally couldn't envision Brody Lee as the exalted one. So I was like, well, that just kind of leaves Matt Hardy. He's the one who seems like a mastermind, that sort of thing. So now that it's actually Matt Hardy with the elite, I it it makes sense in the storyline they've built. You know, if you if you haven't watched the all of the stuff that they've put together, I think right. it's all somewhere on YouTube it in is. order. Free the delete. But, Search for free the delete. Yeah, I think there is what you it'll go. come up as. Uh, but but the the Bucks saved Matt Hardy from what is it called? Zenith? Yeah. It's it's they exercise the demons. Yeah, it, right. <laughs> so so he would it would make sense that he was aligned with them. The question By is the way, how, I need to interrupt you with a glass shatter. <laughs> Marshall Enlow with three sixteen in the tip jar. Thank you, sir, very much. Really That's appreciate awesome. it. Anyway, continue, uh, sir. Damn, makes me want to go have some more uh, Broken Skull Ranch. <laughs> oh, uh, hell yeah. yeah. Mm, I'm considering it now. Anyway, um, I don't know what I was saying right now. But yes, Matt Hardy. He's going to be with the Elite. I'm curious how, how crazy they'll let him get uh, with all of his stuff. I, I have a feeling they're just going to take the reins off of him. You know, he's he's... He said since he left WWE, which has not been long, that they basically just didn't want to do anything he wanted to do, which, of course, all of us out here, having seen this time and time again, are going, duh, 
duh, dude. Wasn't that so the whole reason they went into the legal battle so that he could recover the broken gimmick from Impact in the first place? And it took like 18 months, and by that time it was too yeah. late. And, they just, and, they, and then, they, of course, ah. they didn't see because it didn't get the audience reaction because it had died off, and so then they didn't have any faith in him, and it's just, ugh. So I'm, I'm happy he's in AEW. I'm happy he's probably going to get the chance to really just let his freak flag fly on this. And they're just going to have his back no matter what he wants to do. This is, yeah. is going to get awesome. This is best case scenario, frankly, yes. for Matt Hardy and Broken Matt Hardy. Absolutely. And Hopefully Frank, they pick you know, up the, where kind of, he left off in Impact. You know, I There's been no some questions doubt. in chat that I have as well. Is there going to be a Brother Nero? Is there right. going to be a, a, an obsolescence story? Is there going to be a all of those things? Are we going to see a resurgence of all of those things? I don't know. My biggest fear with this is that it feels like he's being lumped in with the elite. And I'm wondering if this is just more of a mercenary kind of move, last gasp to combat the inner circle kind of thing that, that they're doing, or is it going to hamstring him getting really crazy with the broken universe? My guess is it's going to start with him aligning with them and then moving off into his own thing. We'll have a bunch of people interacting with him on the side. He'll do his own thing on the side is my guess. We'll have to wait and see. We'll also have to wait and see what's coming next for the Exalted One because the Exalted One was revealed, and here I was saying I couldn't envision Brody Lee as the Exalted One, but Lance Archer is Jake Jake the Snake's buddy. Broken Matt Hardy is a good guy. That only, only leaves one guy to be the Exalted One. Brody Lee was revealed as the Exalted One. Here's what I didn't see. I've never seen Luke Harper or Brody Lee, not wrestle in a dirty white tank top and jeans. Mm. But here he comes out, his hair slicked back, and speaking, hair slicked back into a ponytail, like a nice tight low ponytail, beard trimmed, looking like a some sort of cult preacher in like in like a white Cthulhu robe. He's out there uh, like somewhere between like a Cthulhu priest and uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, He comes out. Uh, reveals to Christopher Daniels and the rest of uh, SCU that it is there is indeed an exalted one. Christopher Daniels was, of course, doubting Evil Uno at this point, as I, we all might have if, he, if they'd been dragging out this long. Said, I don't think there really is an exalted one. Well, there is. Here he is. It's Brody Lee, and he proceeds to kick the crap out of Christopher Daniels and SCU. Is this the right call? Was Brody Lee the right call? From what we can tell, from the brief stuff that we've seen, him actually talking. Uh, my God, when was the last time Harper talked? Him actually talking and explaining what he is, what the Dark Order is to him, how the Dark Order is no longer going to be sitting back and asking people to join them. It's going to be demanding, knocking down doors for people to join them. Is this what you wanted to see from the Exalted One? Is this the right call for Brody Lee? Is this going to play to his strengths? What do you think about this, Nick? I think the, re- the execution of the unveiling was expertly done. Uh, if we play out the steps of how this was done, you had Evil Uno and Stu Grayson in the ring saying the Exalted One is coming, the Exalted One is coming, and Christopher Daniels finally, over on, as we were saying at the beginning, over on that face side of the ring in the audience, jumping the rail and coming in and going, wait, 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 wait. Listen, this is, there is no Exalted One. Please stop talking. This is stupid. And then the Tron kicks. And you're like, oh, shit, here we go. And just this silhouetted figure walking forward, giving this promo, I am the exalted one. Just the way that they executed that whole thing, even in an empty arena. Can you imagine if they had done these two unveils, the pops that they would have gotten? I just, I feel so bad for them. 
But even in these circumstances, they still knock it out of the park. And I have to imagine they've been rehearsing that for weeks at this point just to make sure that they absolutely nail that. They couldn't have seen this coming where they were going to have empty arenas for these yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. So kudos I, to I, all of the performers and AEW Productions for just pulling it off because I still popped hard. Well, that's like, oh the question God! I have, Nick. Before I, before I get into that, though, let, let's talk about Brody as the exalted one, and then we'll talk about the reveals of these two guys. Uh, the big, you know, the big reveals of Matt Hardy and Brody Lee. Do you think that Brody Lee is a good enough talker for this role? Is he perhaps too big of a star? Is he going to overshadow Evil Uno and Stu, Stu Grayson, or should he? I guess. Like, what's the Dark Order's potential now? Like, what do you see coming out of this? I almost feel like Evil Uno should continue to be the mouthpiece, almost uh-huh. like the the head cardinal of the order. You know, whatever you want to call it, right? And I don't want to see the Exalted One all the time until it's necessary. And I feel bad for Luke Harper, Brody Lee, you know, in being in that kind of role, but it needs to be special when he shows up. Don't oversaturate it. Don't overdo it. What do I always say? Keep it in your pants. Um, But at the same time, I want to see, we know how good of of a worker Brody Lee is. Oh, man. And he's massive. He's 6'8", 6'9", and he's a big dude, and he's fast. And I want to see him in the ring, but it, my my heart's like, no, don't overdo it because it takes what's <laughs> special away from it. I don't know yet. I think it's to be determined. I feel like I'm letting go of the reins and just eating my popcorn while I'm watching yep. this and just trust the process because after watching this week, the way that they were able to do two massive reveals six months into their show like this, reviving two of our most beloved characters, frankly, um, or performers out of, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't even know what the word I'm trying to get to is, just inconsequential irrelevance. <laughs> they brought uh, him in off the bench. Right, and I think they're going to knock it out of the park. So I'm, I'm, I trust in, in Cody. Yeah. I trust in AEW at this point. I'm anxious to see what these two guys are going to bring to the table because I'm excited where AEW was already going. That just kind of got ratcheted up a little bit. If I if I had a nitpick, it would that be it would be that Brody Lee's voice. Remember when Alistair Black first started speaking in NXT, and we were like, ah, I wasn't expecting that voice to come out of that guy in that role. Yeah, that's where Brody Lee is right now. He's got to find that wrestling voice. I think if I was to nitpick on anything on this, he sounded a little bit too much like the I'm going to kick down the door. And there's been old men that have insulted us before, and I was like, ah, come on, man, get a little grit in there. You know what I mean? That if I had to nitpick. That'd be one thing. And it's an easy fix. Super easy fix. That, that's, I'll leave it at that. Um, let's address what you said earlier. Do you think that these two major debuts suffered from the lack of crowd? Like it's, we, ha- we, we agree it's tragic. It's tragic that they had to do it now, but they had to do it now and, and get these guys debuted. Do you feel like it suffered from the lack of the crowd or w- will it be fine? What suffered? Did the it did the program the excitement of the the excitement of their debut? No, because did, I mean, if you looked at Twitter in the moment, it was like absolutely exploding. Um, Fair enough. It, it was absolutely because, like I said earlier, almost everybody, the great majority of people, were on the Matt Hardy is the Exalted One train, ride or die, myself included. And the fact that they brought out Brody Lee and then we were like, oh, really? But then it was awesome. And then we were like, well, great. I don't know when we're going to see Matt Hardy. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's Vanguard 1. He's here. 
Did you did you did you notice that Brody even snuck in a little Vince dig? Andy just something about the, the uh, old man holding you wouldn't, me back. You or wouldn't something? be the you wouldn't be the first old man to not believe in me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, get him, get him. Love what, it. I, all I'm saying is that get him, get him. Yeah, jab, 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 jab. Love it. Uh, all right, let's talk about the rest of the show. We had a bunch of wrestling. We had the Lucha Brothers versus the Best Friends. Mm. Just uh, not all of Death Triangle, just the Lucha Brothers. This was a fun match. Uh, but at the end, Pentagon snuck in a low blow on Mr. Trent, on Mr. Trent's Berettas, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> dropped him in the ring. And uh, afterwards, Chucky e. T wasn't having that. You don't kick his friend in the dick. You want to kick this my friend in the dick? Well, you can do it in a, in a street fight. Or better yet, how about a parking lot fight? So next week, we're going to have a parking lot fight. Yes. I guess. I don't know. I actually don't know if it's next week or if they're holding it off to blood and guts. But we're getting a parking lot fight. I immediately uh, thought of the Latino Heat versus John Cena parking garage brawl. Oh, God. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> See, I thought, I thought of Gold Dust and Piper, but that, I guess that, that just goes yeah. to show where both, both our minds go. Um, it was also is, a nice snapshot, almost like an all-star game, that match of the, the best of PWG and... Uh, Lucha Underground <laughs> over the last five years. <laughs> Actually, if you think about it that way, like, what are you guys doing challenging Pentagon Jr. to a street fight? Right. He'll kill you. Yeah. Do you, do you not know who this man do, is? <laughs> he has said Omiedo. He survived a death match with Vampiro, dude. You don't F with this guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. Um, is this ultimately going to be them trying to get Death Triangle over as a legit threat, like make the best friends look like plucky, fun, good guys, but make Death Triangle look like a legitimately scary force. Is that what it should be, I guess? Is that what this whole little mini feud should be? My concern with the best friends is are people cheering them because Orange Cassidy's in their corner? <laughs> the best part is Chucky e. T on, on Twitter openly saying, we all know he's the most over guy. <laughs> Like, if, if Orange Cassidy was not with them, would people care or would they drift off into sort of irrelevance? That's my fear, right? They're, oh. they're both brilliant workers. They're great in the ring. I love both of them. Um, but against somebody like the Lucha Brothers with the charisma and the character that they have, uh, I ugh, I don't know. Orange Cassidy is the thing that's to me, feels like is keeping the best friends afloat right now. Um, we need to get some kind of character other than hugging each other you know, uh, around the best friends. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It does seem to be a fairly thin gimmick uh, as far as things. It's, it's almost like Chris Statlander's boop where it's like, okay, yeah. you, you boop. Are, are there and? Does it somehow super cyan them up? It, right. You know, does, is it like Popeye eating spinach? Well, they're, you know? they're obviously, they're, so the reason that they have the big camera pull out when they do that is they're mocking the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada's Rainmaker, yeah. right? And just how arbitrary it is that the camera zooms out <laughs> when he does that. Um but oh, Jardy de Watermaker with twenty two sixty one in the tip jar. Oh, I'm assuming that's a European conversion thing going. On. I believe Jardy's in uh, Belgium. Jardy, thank you so much. Thank dude. you so thank much, Jardy. Hope everything's okay over in the EU, brother. Yeah. Um. No, I agree, man. Like, there's not a whole lot going on with best friends other than Orange Cassidy, who's just all he does is he's just there. He fell asleep on commentary during this. Woke up long enough to throw himself off the stage onto the Lucha Brothers and went back and fell asleep on commentary again. I love that he took the time to put the headset on, <laughs> headset on and, and, and adjust talk. the wand. And then, because we know he never speaks. So the, the irony of him putting a headset on 
that might be the thing I laughed about the most uh, during this episode. He does speak, though. He, like, he speaks in matches from time to time. He'll say like a little something or something, but he's like, it's... Didn't speak here. He's like, no, more more often than not, he doesn't need to speak. I wish, they would, speak. Have, I wish they would have cut to him more like Excalibur. Cassidy, what do you think about this? Is he dead? Nobody knows. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of the brilliance of the whole thing. <laughs> Is he awake or asleep? We can't even tell. Right. It's just him. It's just freshly uh, squeezed orange gas. Yeah. But that's, hey, if the, if he is the magic powder that makes the best friends work, and ultimately this is to make Death Triangle look like the utter psychopaths that they should look like once Pac gets over his uh, travel problems, because, you know, he's locked out of the country right now. Yeah. Then, uh, then yeah, that'll, that'll be great. So... That was that match. Uh, we also had a women's fatal four-way match. Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford, Riho, and Chris Statlander. A uh, little bit of undercurrent here. Penelope Ford and Riho had some beef from, stemming from uh, AEW Dark the other mm-hmm. week, and that pretty much kept up in this match. And then uh, Hikaru Shida, last time we saw her, she lost. This time she won. Ends up picking up the win. Well, hang on. Uh, a little bit more here. So they had this... So when they came out, Penelope Ford came out first, then Riho came out, and I was like, oh, this is the match they had last night on Dark. We're just going to see this again. And then other ladies started coming out, right. and I was like, wait, what, what's happening? Because they, they didn't really make it clear that it was a four-way, uh, or at least I didn't pick that up if they did say something about it. So uh, two things here. One, I thought we were going to get the exact same match. Uh, we didn't. It was a fatal, fatal four-way. Uh, yeah. Hikaru Shida finally got new gear. That fits her. JB will be excited about that. Oh, man. Uh, every every woman in this match had gear that fit her. Yes. Win, JB win, win, is, win. JB is in the chat. Rejoice. Yes. Uh, the last sure, thing I'll sure say is there was a scary moment during this match, and watching it back, slow-moing it a few times, not really sure. Penelope Ford, it looks like, <laughs> overshot Chris Statlander with an attempt to do a top turnbuckle Hurricane Rana. Yes. Um, and Chris just went for it anyway. <laughs> did not end well. And she just flew right over the top of her, and Chris just like yep. blind sold it. Yeah. <laughs> just, okay. uh, and, it was, and it works if you're in like, the crowd, like Jeff, but there was no crowd. <laughs> remember the Saudi Arabia whisper in the wind where Jeff Hardy completely whiffed on uh, 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 Jinder Mahal? And Jinder just went went for it anyway. Yeah. Like the wind knocked him over. That was this, but it was really quick. Like you had to, if you weren't paying attention, you'd have missed it. And they yeah. recovered really well, to their credit. Uh, and at the end of the day, this was actually a pretty solid bit of work. Um, and I liked the way that all the women played off of each other. Like this wasn't bad. I felt like, and also they set up that that Riho and and uh, and Penelope have beef. I like the fact that. AEW seems to not have traditional feuds necessarily. They have people who have longstanding beef. Like, I just don't like this person over here. We may not be in a program right now. We may not be wrestling, but I don't like that person. And at any time, that could just pop up. Oh, I don't. Yep. They don't like each other, right? And it could, could it lead to a feud? Yes. Could it interact with other feuds somehow? Could they make a match like this and that beef plays into this match? Yes. Um, so that's, that's a very Southern territory wrestling thing. And I love the yep. fact that they're booking it that way where there's just long-term character motivations that are going on here. And if you know enough, you know, you can't put Statlander and, or sorry, you can't put Penelope Ford and Riho in the ring together. They'll just fight. They don't want to, they don't care about the other women. They're just going to fight each other. I love that. I yep. think that's smart. And it also is great for the women's division because you need to have them have some sort of foundation 
for us to care about them. It can't just be a, a never-ending contest for a for a title for a belt. Correct. It, there's got to be other title. story around there somewhere. Uh, I like the stuff. That I actually really enjoyed the match on AEW Dark. If you didn't catch Dark this week, the match between Riho and Ford was a nice precursor of this. Uh, we got to see a little bit more of that interaction in this match on Dynamite. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I expect this to go forward. I, I'm a little bit concerned about. Um, are we going right back to a, other than what we've seen of her on Dynamite, a mostly unknown Hikaru Shida? Is she going to suffer the same fate potentially as Riho? That's one thing I'm interested to see because we haven't really done any storytelling around her about what's her gimmick. She comes out in a samurai outfit. It, okay. Right. Uh, it's about as thin as, as you know, Chris Atlander is an alien. Or is she? At least uh, that's a story. Like, they haven't told me anything about Hikaru yeah. Shida yet. But they so, are had. They did have her win this week. That yeah, she lost last week, but she won this week. So maybe they have some plans for her. I really have no idea who they're going to send against Nyla next at this point. I I have no idea. So yeah, I felt like this was a little bit of circling the airport. Um, but I, I can't say that I blame them right now. So hey, you know we've had weeks where we've really criticized what they're doing the women's division. This was not one of those weeks. Given everything that's going on, this was fine. We also had Jurassic Express versus Butcher and Blade. And once again, Butcher and Blade can't seem to win a damn match. Of course, this one was because MJF cost them the match, distracted them, and uh, they ended up getting put down during the distraction. But, Nick, I, I want to believe in Butcher and Blade. I want them to be guys when they come out. I'm like, uh-oh, one of these good guys is going to get it. But now, to me, they're just kind of there and it has to do with how much they lose am i wrong in this no uh, but i i don't know i don't know that they're the priority right now i think it's more important to keep luchasaurus and jungle boy hot because they're 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 really hot they're really over and i think butcher and blade are just coincidental circumstances right now it, it could be anybody out there the priority is jurassic express not butcher and blade i think they'll get their time i think there'll be an opportunity for butcher and blade because they're they're good enough, they they could they could be a serious contender in the tag team division, but I think the priority right now is continuing to build the evolution and the story of Jurassic Express, right. uh, and I, I think that's just the unfortunate circumstance we're looking at right now. Yeah, and I'm not mad at that. They're certainly very hot. Yeah. So, um, and then finally we had a uh, Jake the Snake Roberts was in the crowd with with Lance Archer, and they wanted Cody. They felt Cody had disrespected them, so now. It's time to go get Cody. When that's going to happen, we don't know. But at some point, they're coming for Cody. We also had a little video package that apparently I heard afterwards was actually filmed on Darby Allen's uh, property, which would explain why it looks very similar to Darby Allen's videos. But it was of Lance Archer going to a little backyard wrestling ring with all kinds of big burly guys around it. And over the course of about two minutes, taking them all out one by one. Um... I have to admit, Nick, this was a little underwhelming to me. Eh, you know, it, the thing what, that was awesome it, for me about it was Jake the Snake just sitting back there in his back there chair smoking with a cigar. That's my boy. Yeah. But here's here's why it was underwhelming to me. This is m people who just watch AEW and have not ever seen Lance Archer before. This is their first introduction to Lance Archer. Now he looks like a backyard wrestler brawler, but there was nothing about what he was doing to these guys that was terribly special. He was beating them up. He was slapping them, tossing them around. 
But I feel like if you want to introduce this guy and make him scary, having him beat 10 guys in a row, all right, that's intimidating. Have him hurt them. Have him break arms. Have him explode orbital sockets. Have him make them lose teeth. His calling card is everybody dies. Have him kill them. Maybe not like, you know, murder, but like... I'm not sure TNT would be okay with that. You can get away you know with I mean? saying no, like bitch like and shit. stab and... them in the heart. I'm right. saying like, you know, like... <laughs> you don't know, like basically at the end, when all the bodies are lying around him, you should not know if they're dead or alive. Sure, Like sure. a little bit of blood. Not gory, but like a little bit of blood... A little bit of of a little bit more brutality. This this felt like it was, it just felt like it was a backyard wrestling match. Yeah, but it didn't it didn't go hard enough for me. It didn't sell enough that that Lance Archer is a scary guy. I agree. He's strong. He's intimidating, but he's not scary after this. And that was the thing that I wanted to take away from this was I wanted people to see Lance Archer and be like, that dude is scary. That was his rep in Japan. He used to scream at kids in Japan until they cried. You know what I mean? He would he would destroy young lions at ringside, and the crowd was legit scared of him. He was going for a Bruiser Brody thing over there, and that's what I wanted to see here was just this unhinged guy. You never know what he's going to do. You don't want to get near him because he might kill you, and that didn't sell this. Do you know what I mean? And again, this, I know this is me being very much hashtag wrestling, but I think it would have improved his perception had they had him be a little bit more brutal in this vignette. I think um, the thing that did it for me that I was like, all right, was the overhead shot after he had beaten everybody. And you just saw yeah. the pile of bodies laying around the ring, the the the, the fallout of, of him being in a ring. The interactions and the walk-up and everything like that reminded me of like what Peanut Butter Falcon was like, if you guys have seen, seen that Shia LaBeouf movie. Um, it's, it's, a, it's like Backyard in the Bayou. And somebody's walking up, the ropes are all loose, and it looks shitty, shock, shoddily put together. And, you know, I was like, oh, we just watched Lance Archer go toe-to-toe with Will frickin' Osprey in the G1 six months ago, eight months ago. And, I, and I'm so, that's what I wanted to see. I want to see the fact, I don't need another Roman Reigns clotheslining people. I need to see a giant big man, Dijakovic-style, Dijak, doing Spanish flies off the top rope. I need to see the fact that not only can he murder people and then everybody dies, but he's also a threat. And yeah, Cody, you just did a moonsault off the top of the cage. He can too. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I need to see about Lance Archer is highlight the things that make him unique, not the things that every other big tall man does. And that's okay, all he did was choke slams and clotheslines. Right. And this is what I'm saying, Nick, is it, we mentioned earlier Pentagon Jr., how terrifying he was in Lucha Underground. That's one of the reasons why he got over was he was just this unrepentant, psychotic badass who would come in and after the after a match was over, he would just break your arm because screw you, I'm evil. That's what Lance Archer should be. He should be that character in AEW where he genuinely hurts people and he's genuinely scary, right? Mm. But Pentagon was intimidating. And like you said, you can have Lance Archer come out here and do choke slams and top rope Undertaker, you know, old school walks. And that's fine, but he needs to have that next level of viciousness to really establish himself. And I didn't. I felt like this was not enough in this. Not yet. yet. Uh, but uh, again, I'll, I'll give it time. Let's okay, see. you're you're being you're being skeptically, skeptically optimistic. optimistic. There yes. you go. All right. Well, so a very entertaining episode of AEW, albeit handicapped as they were. We give them all credit where credits due. 
Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, we need to talk about what they did over on NXT. So NXT was interesting this week. Um, Last week, we had it in the Performance Center with matches and people in the ring. And this was on the eve of them going to the empty Performance Center for SmackDown. So here we are just one week removed, and we basically get Tom Phillips and Triple H on a green screen like they're at NFL Live or something like that. Right. It, uh, like, yeah, it felt like it felt like a an ESPN presentation of the 1996 season for the Boston Red Sox. Like it, <laughs> it didn't it didn't feel like a wrestling show. It felt like a special presentation. It felt like and, a YouTube video. Uh, this is like a yeah. YouTube thing that I would watch, you know? This is this is yeah. this is Kevin Kelly explaining the Bullet Club history to me. You know, this it's is fine. It's just fine. Sure. Is that what I is that what I signed up to watch two out for two hours on Wednesday after I just got done watching AEW knock it out of the park? Sure. Yeah, my pendulum swung in the complete opposite direction here. But that being said, again, if we give AEW credit for working with the restrictions that they had, we don't know what restrictions NXT was working with at this point in terms of uh, who was able to get tested, who wasn't, um, all lo- the logistics involved. So as far as that goes, I'm, I'm willing to give them credit uh, and the benefit of the doubt for, for at least for one week, man. And, and you know, they, here's the thing. The stuff they did put on this show, if this were a YouTube video, I would have I eaten my popcorn. I'd have been entertained. They did an hour-long recap of the entire history of Gargano and Champa. Which is All the fun irony the- because I've thought about putting this together myself for our channel. Uh, right. But... Oops. So here's all the matches that they had from all the way back, Cruiserweight Classic, DIY, all the way up to the present day. And then also with history being now twisted by Gargano, uh, you know, where, where at one point we thought Champa was doing something that was heelish, but now we're seeing it through the other side where it was it might have been him being a good guy and Johnny being a dick the whole time or vice versa. Or, you know, oh, Champa came out to celebrate with Johnny when he won the title. Was he actually stealing Johnny's spotlight? You know, all of this. So now at this point, it's being restructured and looked at through a different lens, which was a lot of fun. I loved how the, I loved to see how they were um, retconning history, if you will, to fit the modern version of this feud. Yep. But the other thing was, is by going through it all, I thought it really called into focus how insanely epic this feud has been. Yep. Like this. You've got to talk about this as one of the greatest feuds in the modern era. It may be Don't the best you? one is ever that, in is NXT. Is that hyperbole? It's is that hyperbole? Be- no, it's not. It's it's easily to me with the best one in NXT history, um, it, and it's going to go down that way. My fear is that they're going to get typecast that way. Um, it's it's going to be the thing that they're remembered for. There, you know, if if we go back and we look at a bunch of uh, wrestlers throughout over the years, you can name any of the big legends, and they've had eight, nine, ten different. Feuds, gimmicks, feuds. beefs, yeah. all that stuff, right? Yeah. Are these guys one-trick ponies? But I don't know if Champa has – I mean, he said he doesn't know how many bumps he has left. Like, he is on borrowed time. He's not going anywhere other than NXT. He says, if I ever have to stop NXT, I'm going to become a trainer or work in some other part of, of wrestling for WWE. I'm not ever going to main roster. He yeah. said that. So at some point, I feel like Johnny may move on and do other things. This is Champa's legacy. And if there's a reason why Johnny's working so hard at it, it's because this is what Champa will be remembered for. 
yeah. because he's not going to really have the opportunity to have much else is what it looks like. He may, he, we, he, we don't know. He may get lucky. The thing with Johnny may, may come to a, a close at one point and he may find another feud. That's fantastic. That we're like, man, that other champ of feud is really great. He may find one. It's never going to be on the level of this one. No, this is going to be Champa's legacy, and it may be Gargano's and legacy. And Gargano's, too. if I'm not, you know, if I'm it not speaking be. out of turn, I, I think it's unfortunate. Fortunately and unfortunately, like it's great to have a thing that you're remembered for in history, but is that the one thing you're going to have? One thing you're not going to have. Three to five different iterations of Stone Cold, and three to five different iterations of The Rock, and three to five different iterations or more of Hulk Hogan. And I think about the bigger names that have come along through history, and look at all the different aspects of their characters and their evolutions over time. Yeah, even if they both went to the main roster, they're still going to be those guys, and that's my biggest fear. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you you've got repackagings throughout history. You've got guys who've had, you know, second, third, fourth chapters to their careers guys so they thought oh he's done he's toast and then he comes back and has more to give whether it's flair and evolution or uh you know stone cold coming back as a face although his his whole career was so short um even hogan coming back from wcw to, to wwf uh wwe um mick foley coming back as a commissioner you know or any of the commissioners who've come back in a role kurt angle or um what have you teddy long um, so there's, there's Mark Henry. Look at Mark Henry, man. How many different career moments did he have? Obviously Chris Jericho's a freak. He's a one-off, but how many different times has he reinvented himself? Yeah. There's a possibility for, for Gargano, I think with how healthy he still seems to be relative to Champa to have other things happen. Is it likely? Nope, but it's possible. Yeah. But I think it's way less possible for Champa. So I can see why it would be important for Johnny to really want to cement cement this as a legacy feud. Yeah. Here's the other thing I'll say about the show this week. One, they put it was all video packages. Um, the whole two hours, uh, as we said at the top of the show, is Finn Balor and Ray Ripley and Charlotte and uh, Champa and Gargano. The I think I have a hunch. We know what they're gonna do now for WrestleMania, kind of. Like they've 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 let it out that it's gonna be two nights. We ha- you have a hunch and I have a hunch that they're pre-taping a lot of this stuff and they'll pre-tape multiple endings and things like that. I think that's where everybody's at. Is they're, They've all got takeover stuff that they're working on. Like, we haven't really heard of what's going to happen to takeover. Is, are, the, are the NXT matches going to get folded in to the Raw and SmackDown matches and it's all one big WrestleMania show now? But we don't know. Not, that hasn't really been specified. But I have a hunch that that's where everybody was this week and why we couldn't really have a main NXT show that we did video packages instead. I'm not going to sit here and say I did not enjoy specifically the Gargano and Champa uh, story. I mean, from the very beginning that they both showed up at the Performance Center all the way to where we are today for an hour. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't enjoy the Finn Balor bit, and I'm definitely not going to sit here and say I didn't enjoy the Rhea Ripley bits from her and Genesis all the way up to where she's at with Charlotte today. Is that what I wanted to see in place of NXT programming? No. And and I'm I'm mm, I'm 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 weighing the differences between my understanding and compassion for the current climate of the world versus you guys have no excuses. You have billions of dollars and unlimited resources at your disposal. 
we show up to have a wrestling show. We show up to enjoy a wrestling show, not a a YouTube playlist. They're brilliant <laughs> videos, but that's not where you get to throw like multi-million dollar advertising at me incessantly all throughout the whole thing. That being said, to be clear, uh, uh, I think at the beginning of all this, you know, we said what is WWE going to have to do um, during this crisis, and one of the things that we said was, well, they might have to do recap shows. They might have to do video package shows. And at the time, you said, okay, well, I'd be curious to see what they put. as long as what they put out is new and fresh and interesting, you'd be down with it because you would understand like their hand is forced. Again, if they do this consistently on NXT, I'm going to have a problem with it. One week, I don't have a problem with it, especially because all the content they had was interesting and entertaining, and it, it shed a new light on some of these feuds and characters. You know, so I, I, I'm gonna give them a pass this week. It's, it's extraordinary circumstances. But speaking of extraordinary, there's an extraordinary man who does extraordinary things, and they had a bit on him too. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. I have one other Balor. extraordinary thing that just happened, and that's Esme dropping twenty-one dollars in the tip jar. One dollar oh. for every day without New Japan. She says. Oh. <sighs> okay. Oh. Waiter. Yeah. That's, yeah. Way to remind me. But that's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Esme. Thank you very much. Thank so you much. so much. And Seriously. don't think I don't see you doing all of those comments and promotion over on Instagram. I see you. Thank you. Thank mm. you. Um, where are we talking? Oh, yeah, it's right. Finn Balor and his Finn Balor, Balor dong. Finn Balor. Oh, right. Something the originator Esme. of the dong. <laughs> the, the, right. The original dong. Yes. The OD. Oh, nice. Uh, so Finn Balor had his little moment... On this show as well, we had a, a package about him. Why he sp- speaking of packages? <laughs> uh, he had a little bit about how, why he came back to NXT. Uh, kind of looking back at his run on the main roster, through I, I thought kind of disappointed lenses. I thought it was interesting how, in some ways, I felt like he kind of buried his time on the main roster, and maybe with good reason. Uh, but that actually, I think, underlines how broken this process is. Did, did you get that out of this too, Nick? Or was this, did you, did you, did that go? Did that, the only, was just the only thing that really hit me was he called out the Brock Lesnar match last summer as being like the trigger point uh, of him wanting to come back to NXT and, you know, revive the Prince character. And right. it, it, I'm. I'm not. I, I, it felt like a jab in the moment. It felt like a uh, screw you for continuing to put Brock Lesnar over as this representative of what WWE should be. Yeah, didn't he say that like Brock Lesnar was the moment where he realized he had to go? Yeah, do something else. And that's what I read into <laughs> it. It was almost like the the Brody Lee promo on AEW is like saying you're not the only old man that's tried to keep me down. But it's funny, but but I thought that this was a little bit less pointed. Because he said that the fight with Brock reminded me of how thrilling wrestling could be or something to to that effect, right? Yeah. So it wasn't that he was putting it – it seemed to me like he was phrasing it like I almost died and it was really exhilarating, not I faced this guy that Vince is going to put over everybody and no one's ever going to beat him and I just kind of gave up. I'm like, let me go back down to NXT and actually have some fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, That's what I read into it. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, a little on the nose oh, yeah. uh, bit there, uh, but um, 
yeah, I just I, I think that they've got to be careful about how much they have Finn talk about how disappointing the main roster was because it it does kind of underline the fact there's a lot of people that have gone up there that were amazing in NXT and they're kind of nowhere on the main roster. Cough, cough, ricochet, cough, cough. Shinsuke, uh, Samoa Joe. Oh God, Sami Zayn. I mean, Sami's yeah. champion right now, but yeah, we'll Still. see how long that lasts. Jesus. At any rate, um, do you? How did you feel he came off here? Like, because I I thought he was going to be a heel when he first came back to NXT. Did he still feel like heel to you, or was he like a badass tweener? He's always going to be a tweener. He's 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 past that point, in my opinion. Uh, is, is he just beyond it? He's just he's just people are, people are always going to cheer for Finn Balor, and they're always going to do the ha ah! when he as long as he keeps <laughs> doing it, they're going to keep doing it in the uh, in the arenas. And he's going to like doing pending it people now. ever getting back into arenas. Yeah. Um, We'll see how that goes, but yeah, I, I just I think he's so past the heel face dynamic at this point. It's obviously he's just a, he's the rock and roller man. He's just there to whip ass, and you know it's not going to be. I don't know if there's ever going to be a time when people don't cheer for Finn Balor ever again. Right. So yeah, it's gonna be it's it's hard, especially when he's playing a freaking badass. Uh, the other thing we had on the show was a package about Rhea Ripley. Starting with uh, her in her coming of the first May Young Classic as a tall, lanky blonde, and then evolving into being a gigantic, ripped, uh, like mohawk chick that she is right now, and why she did that, and to say, and she did it to differentiate herself from Charlotte and Tony Storm and uh, and Lana and everybody else who has that like typical blonde look, and uh, I thought that was, I think that was a nice touch. I think that she should be doing that. Yes. But do you think that comparing herself to the other woman, even by saying I didn't want to be like them, uh, is that like by denying it, is she making it too much of an obvious comparison? Should she just not be mentioning them at all and be like, hey, I'm the only Rhea, not uh, I'm the I'm the Charlotte that shaved the sides of her head. Do you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying? I, I see what you're saying. I get it. Yeah. And, and just, you know, you can you, you put a fresh coat of paint on it, but you're still the same woman underneath. Right. I'm metal Charlotte. Right. As opposed, Alexa, Alexa Bliss is Pixie Charlotte, and Lacey is Southern Charlotte, and all the other Dana Brooke is backflipping Charlotte, and now Liv, uh, yeah, Liv, Liv is comic book Charlotte, like sure. whatever, you know, it, it's okay. So Rhea's metal Charlotte. Like, at what point do we just stop saying some so and so is similar to Charlotte? They're trying not to be Charlotte, just or Tony Storm or or uh, anyone else like that. Just have them be them. I, I felt like Rhea had defined herself enough that she shouldn't be mentioning other women. She's like, I'm Rhea Ripley. This is who I really am. I came in as you know an ex-soccer player, ex-volleyball player, and they let me – here in NXT, they let me figure out who I was and who I really wanted to be, and this is my inside coming out. Yeah. You know, not – No, I, I feel like just let her be a badass – uh, right. I want to hear about the things that make her tick. Why she chose her entrance music. Why she loves metal. Why why she puts spikes all over her jacket. Why do, why does she dress very punky? Why does you know uh, all of these things? I want to know about her, not what she's trying not to be. Right. And that was the that was the crux of this for me. And it it felt again very just contrived. And I I didn't enjoy this one at all, frankly. Yeah, this one seemed a little thin. I have yeah. to admit, um, it, it could have been better. It wasn't. I, I'm not going to go f- so far as to say it was bad. No, but it could have been better. Yeah. But you know, Nick, saying it could have been better is a great transition point because you know what we have to do now. Oh no. We have to go talk about 
Friday Night Smackdown. This is one of those cases where the music doesn't match the movie. <laughs> oh, Our boy. little ba 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 gets you all revved up and all that. Oh, boy. Rob Gronkowski dances to the ring to some weird rave song, and he's humping the turnbuckle, and, oh, Mojo is back to being hype Mojo, and what is going on? The world is upside down. Before we get to that, though, we have to talk about the biggest thing that happened on the show, and that's Roman Reigns and Goldberg having a dick measuring contest. I Oh, excuse me. I mean a contract signing. Jesus Christ, Nick, when was the last time you felt this much testosterone exuding out of your television screen? Can we stop having contract signings? Can we just we're, can we just stop? Are we having one next week too? Isn't there another contract signing coming for just, uh, I, Bray and Cena? I think is are having I one. Just, contract so signing, contrived and contract useless signing, and just a table's gonna get flipped. Right. Congratulations. Uh, people are going to either get physical and have to be separated or a table's going to get flipped and we're going to have a stare down. We're nose to nose, which is totally not what we're supposed to be doing in the era of social distancing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm breathing I, I all just, over you, Goldberg. Can you take it? Can you take my COVID? Come on. Uh, and we're back to Come Roman on, making uh, comments like he was two years ago. You just, you're just a little bitch. Yeah. You little bitch in your my yard. The bulldog, yeah. bitch bulldog in my yard. Yeah, 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 and just yeah, mugging. Oh. And I'm just going, no, just no. You guy, you had it. You were doing so good last year. Why? Don't do that again. <laughs> this is why we all hated it like two years ago. No. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get that out. <laughs> it's true, though. I definitely had like that, that flashback to, oh, God. We, we had about a year off, but Roman's back to Roman. Uh, and this wasn't the worst God thing that happened it. on the show, frankly. No, this was actually like, it just kind of was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about each other's balls and being bitches and, you know, who the, you're going to step to me? It's a lot of masculine posturing, which it's wrestling. Of course there's masculine posturing. This was just like, it was. it's really sad when you're, when you're posturing like, you know, like this, and there's not a crowd hooting and hollering. It's just, it's so quiet. You can hear the PAs in the back going, check, check, one, nine. Uh, yeah, no, rubber, 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 yeah, no, make sure the catering is set up for uh, Mojo Raleigh. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's, then it's just awkward. It's two grown men huffing and puffing on each other in the middle of the ring. It's, it strips away the things that make this okay as entertainment in pro wrestling. And we're just sitting there going, oh, God. Oh, this is so awkward. This is so awkward. What is happening? Um, yep. I mean, Nick, at the end of the day, should we just not care because it's going to be a five-minute match anyway? We opened and we closed Friday Night SmackDown with Uber Cringe. <laughs> In the middle, we there were some things to kind of be hopeful there about. There were things. There were that we're going to talk about, but I mean, the, the, yeah. the first two things we've got on here is the bookends. And right. they were the, you, you opened the show with me going... Oh, no. Oh, God, this is bad. And you close the show with, oh, no. Oh, God, no, this is bad. Oh, no. <sighs> That's You should be doing the opposite. Put the cringy stuff in the middle. Bookend it with, oh, God, yeah. I'm excited to be here. Instead, instead, we go home with this, and it's just right. like, oh, God. Yeah, just, oh, you just feel the air getting sucked out of the room like that. Oh. Yeah, it's, oh. <laughs> well, let's talk about the other thing that bookended it. We mentioned it. Rob Gronkowski. Uh, started. We, we had the show open with Mojo Rowling in the ring, abusing Michael Cole once again 
letting out his inner JBL, uh, beating up and grab-assing him. He's, get hype, Michael, get hype! We're back to hype mojo. But no, gone is the attempted, you know, broken, shattered mirror mojo, whatever the hell that was supposed to be. And we're back to, to hype mojo, which I prefer hype mojo. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and beating up Michael Cole is always something that, like, I don't beat up, don't beat up Mauro Ronaldo, but Michael Cole could take. He's had his whole career of that. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, he, uh, Mojo Raleigh introduces his genuine real life buddy, Rob Gronkowski, who is an actual house. Like, that guy is freaking huge. Uh, and I always forget that till he shows up in a wrestling ring. I'm like, God, he's bigger than most of the guys here. That's insane. But he's dropped all of his play weight. So, I mean, he's, um, he's looking a little skinny. Yeah. He's, he's thin. He's leaned out. So he's like yeah. a tall, lanky six, eight tight yeah. end. Right. Yeah. I don't care <sighs> if he's got the, the play weight on him or if he's skinny, he should not be doing those dance moves. No, but I, I, and, and I use the term dance moves loosely. That was more like he was having a seizure. Right. Right. And he, and he went into it and then he stopped and then he walked down the ramp and then he started air humping the pole. The yeah. ring post. And I was just like, wait. Oh, oh, I think oh, he may have. No. He may have gyrated on the beat once. Once. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, so this this turned into Gronkowski announcing that, yes, I am hosting WrestleMania. Isn't that exciting? Corbin comes out. King Corbin comes out because this couldn't have been annoying enough. King Corbin comes out to say, you're not kneeling to me. I'm the king. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, Gronkowski looks like he's about to get into it with Corbin before Elias comes out and sings a song to Corbin that Gronkowski and uh, Mojo dance to, which is as bad as it sounds. And then uh, this all ends up with Gronkowski saying, hey, I, I don't really have any power here, but I'm the WrestleMania host, and I'd like to advocate for there to be a match at WrestleMania between Corbin and Elias. Uh, okay. All right. Random Fine. Fox commentators are showing up booking matches for, and this wasn't the only time this happened. We'll talk about that nope. one in a bit. The, no, random, ran, randos are showing up and being like, I'm booking a WrestleMania match. It's your biggest show of the year, and I'm just going to show up and arbitrarily make a match at your biggest show of the year. Yeah, because sure. hashtag WWE logic. Why not? Good Lord. Because draw, right? Like, like people are going to come watch wrestling because Gronkowski's there. They might. They watch the wedding. Spoiler the, alert. The, the, Gronkowski is not Tom Brady. No. Spoiler alert. Gronkowski is also a major celebrity presence. And, you know, he just he just brought ratings to the Masked Singer. I don't know if he's been unmasked yet or not. I don't watch that show. But, you know, he's got he's got free time. The dude's got, you know, he wants to go around and do stuff. So he here's WrestleMania season. He signed a three-year deal with WWE. He's here yeah, for the long haul, guys. Of course, this is the perfect thing for him. The perfect thing for him. I want him He's, calling football games like Tony Romo is doing. I think he'd be brilliant at it. Why is he doing WWE? Dude, ain't nobody. Like, Tony Romo is a freak. We all, all right, admit all right, that. All right, all right, all right. I, I think he'd be good at it. I think Gronkowski would be good as, like, a, a sideline guy being, like, the Mojo Raleigh of the NFL. Sure. Like, hyping people up and having, like, funny moments in the side. He's not going to be in the booth doing the kind of things that Tony Romo's doing. Fair. Let's be clear. Fair. Let's be clear. Tony Romo's a quarterback. Kowski's a tight end. There's a very big difference in terms of ability to speak, charisma, and intelligence between those two positions. Just throwing that out there. No one's no no disrespect meant to my tight end friends, but quarterback is the elitist, most elite position in all of sports. Fight me. Uh, all right. So here we go. How long until Gronkowski gets a 24/7 title off of also a football player? 
Um, oh God, R- Riddick Moss. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering. I've already almost forgot his name. I don't, I don't, I don't even know who has it this week. He is now the longest, longest reigning 24-7-11 European TV champion uh, of all time. And, you know, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they end up. I know we're in this weird time right now between what's going on in the world and WrestleMania being, like, flipped on its head. And it's kind of awkward to be introducing a new celebrity in and amongst all of this stuff as some way to kind of pump up the excitement and the <clears throat> hype for WrestleMania, it just it feels awkward in the first place. And then the performance that he gave last night was just kind of, <sighs> I don't know any other way to describe it. I was, I, I have no reason to be excited that Rob Gronkowski is is in WWE, and but that's it's a not, shame. It's not, but it's not for you, Nick. And that's, that's kind of the whole point. It's not for you. This whole thing is not for you. Hashtag filthy this casuals. Is- <laughs> I don't even know it's for them, man. I don't know who it's for, but it's not for it's not for us. Oh, so the, he's a draw. He he's a draw. <laughs> he, he played I, with I Tom Brady in multiple Super Bowls. I am, am, he, I am amused by hype mojo, though. I'll leave it at that. Fine. Yeah. All right. Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak are turning into like the Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T of WWE. Um, they're coming out and doing yes chance together and helping warm up. Uh, like classic wrestling style, and it's really adorable. They had a match with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, which I swear to God, in any other promotion, in any other time period, I would be I would be breaking into a cold sweat even thinking about that match. Drew, Thick Nick, Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And there go the nipples. I this should have been. Absolutely lights. Don't get me wrong. This was still very good. It was not lights out, but it was very good. It was just guys going out there and just, you know, we're doing our job. It's fine. I love uh, I loved Daniel Bryan and Drew, and Drew Gulak warming up, doing yeah. the, the chest thumps and everything. And, you know, I love that they're becoming it, – it's on that very thin line of comedy or serious. Like there's a part of it that makes well, you kind of giggle a little bit, but you know those two boys can go – and it's like just they're dedicated trainers. It's kind of funny, though, to see them chest bumping in the ring. And you need to go check out their Twitters because Gulak is like they're like they're like training together on Twitter. Like Gulak's showing Daniel Bryan how to do certain moves. And Daniel Bryan's like correcting him and they're like correcting each other. Like, oh, yeah, you know, make sure you get the wrist this turn this way when you put in the headlock. But Gulak's also Brilliant. throwing in little jabs at Daniel Bryan about how he, you know, his, he had a, a wardrobe malfunction in their match at the last pay-per-view and his nuts came out. Uh, so he keeps saying, like, make sure you hold on to the ball tight. You don't want it slipping out. <laughs> so it's <laughs> you're gonna use a ball in a headlock. Make sure you get in tight. So it's it's fun stuff. I'm actually I'm loving the Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak thing, especially with Daniel Bryan now coming out and saying that you know he's got another kid on the way. When this kid happens, uh, WWE's given him six weeks of, of paternity leave, and um, you know after that he might see his his career winding down. Um, which I, you know, I can't blame him, but I have a feeling that when he, what he's really saying isn't, he's going to disappear from wrestling. He's just going to wrestle less. He's not going to be in the main events, but he's going to be doing stuff like this where he gets guys like Gulak over. He's going to be out there doing wrestling clinics, but just not going all out like main event style professional wrestling. And I think that's deserved at this point, but let's talk about this match. Uh, you had Sami Zayn on commentary. You ended up having Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak uh, winning. Bryan goes over the top for a sunset flip and ends up getting a pinfall. 
Sammy uh, filling in the role of Asuka earlier this week on yeah, Raw. Yeah, screaming, screaming and yelling. Covering the silence during the match. And and I thought, was, yep. you know, it, it's clever to find the right person that can talk well incessantly or like Asuka just screaming Japanese for 10 minutes uh, without stopping. Uh, but Sammy was fantastic here at being background color commentary that killed the silence during this match and allowed you to just kind of focus on the match and not the eerie silence behind it that we saw last week or this week earlier on raw. I, I or, thought he was at fine. the end of, at the end of SmackDown between Goldberg and Roman. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. But, um, okay. So, but at the end of this, Sammy Zayn is frustrated. He's backstage. He tells Daniel Bryan that he should be listening to him instead of Gulak. And Daniel Bryan says, that's great. How about you and me for the IC title at WrestleMania? And Sammy says, Oh, let me think about that. How about if Gulak can beat Shinsuke Nakamura, then you get that match. So we're going to have, Shinsuke versus Gulak next week. That should be interesting. Uh, but here's the question, Nick. Where's your boy? What happened to Braun? He was on the bump this week wearing shades. Out he, uh, he, got the, he got the title. He lost the title, and he's gone. Uh, is he going to be tagging with the kid at WrestleMania? What is he doing for WrestleMania? He's out of the title picture, and now all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, which we were wondering... What the heck this could possibly be and what it could lead to? Now they're in the IC picture, which is, in my opinion, right where they should be because they're one of the most entertaining things on SmackDown right now. I think t- one or two, one or two in terms of most entertaining things. Um, what do you think is going to happen here? What, what are the possibilities? Is, is Gulak going to betray Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? Some sort of schmaz finish? Is Daniel Bryan going to get the IC title? What... What in the world is going on here? We were chatting about this in the Discord last night during SmackDown, and there was a lot of speculation around, oh, no, they're going to put the IC title on Drew Gulak. And I was like, no, 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 it's going to be Daniel Bryan, which it ultimately ended up being. Yeah, and I, yeah. I totally see post-Mania Drew Gulak kind of turning and or somehow challenging. Maybe it's a friendly challenge, and then it turns into for the title. Uh, something along those lines. But I, I definitely see this leading to Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental title, probably at SummerSlam, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to move on to Daniel Bryan. Because yeah, Sammy can't hold it. There's diminishing returns on Sammy holding on to that. And you can only have so, ma- so many matches with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, We're going back to the Zeb Coulter days with Jack Swagger and Cesaro. And, you know, uh, you've got a mouthpiece and you've got a couple of dudes that can go but they're not really that good on the mic. So how long can that last? Not very long. And I hope we've learned that lesson at this point. Um, I, I just don't think Sammy's going to hold on to it that long. And I think the next couple of weeks are going to be really telling around what we yeah. what we end up ultimately getting at WrestleMania. And I think I'm, I'm happy to call it now. It's going to be Daniel Bryan winning the Intercontinental Championship, celebrating with Drew Gulak. You know, who, then betrays, who then betrays him? Who then betrays him over the coming months? Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not mad at any of that. I'm I'm happy. Sami Zayn is your IC champion. I'm happy. Daniel Bryan's back in the IC picture. I'm loving Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Yeah. I, I'm I am fine with this is all fine. of this. Mwah. This yep. is fine. This is fine. Yeah. Um, something else that well, you know, it's not fine. Dolph Ziggler continuing to torment your boy Otis because we had Miz and Morrison, the tag team champs, come out uh, and have a little moment. Talk smack about the uh, they had a, like a little what is a dirt sheet what they call it their yeah. little segment, um, and they said that we don't have any challenges for WrestleMania, and they they made fun of everybody in the tag division. This was ultimately by the way. Ultimately, Heavy Machinery uh, came out, and they said, "Well, why don't you take the guys? Why don't you guys take the night off?" And Heavy Machinery said, "No, no, no, we're having a match." So we have a non-title match: Miz and Morrison versus Heavy Machinery. 
and God damn it, halfway through the match, that son of a bitch, Dolph Ziggler, comes out and sits down at commentary. Yep. And what does he do, Nick? Um, In the middle, right, right when, right when Otis looks like he's about to throw down the caterpillar, and save the day. He's throwing down the caterpillar, but yeah. he, he doesn't get to land it, and he just no. say, hey, 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 Otis, Otis, yeah, hey, man, um, how's it feel to be the loser? And starts throwing uh, up pictures from his Instagram uh, of him and, and Mandy Rose. Uh, and you could hear Nick screaming from miles <laughs> away. No! You son um, of a bastard! There's, there's competing thoughts on this, and I want to discuss both of them. Um, for me personally, I feel like this was a representation of everybody has their breaking point. Everybody uh, is going to snap at some – could snap at some point – and this really just pushed him over the edge. If you buy into the fact that he's probably been teased for being heavy and all of that throughout his entire life, never really been able to get the girl, and here was his one opportunity, his golden opportunity to get this goddess, right? The, the one right. girl that has evaded him his entire life. Here's Mandy Rose, and she's a wrestler, and she's beautiful, and there she, she likes him. Into she's him. into yeah. him, giving him presents, like hams. You Can know? we just stop for a second and say like how really actually – subtle that whole build between them was like yeah. subtle for wrestling let's be clear it was yeah. you know as obvious as a sledgehammer to the face but right. as far as wwe goes like the way they kind of like slowly built it up and like made it get more like it was really well done i gotta give credit where credit's it, due like it was the, organic the Mandy Otis build, it well it felt organic it wasn't necessarily like they, they were definitely like planting the seeds along the way and making things happen but the two of them made it feel the or the organic the, the organicness that you're talking about the two yeah. of them their performances made it feel that way it felt uh childish it, and nebbish and haphazard and sweet organic and innocent and sweet. yes yeah. yeah yeah it was engaging for that reason and that's why everyone glommed onto it and it, it was done really well so now when we get to the point where Dolph Ziggler and Mandy appear to be dating and Ziggler is being just the ultimate prick and coming out and showing Otis pictures of him and Mandy out and having a good time. And Otis, finally, like, his incel anger comes out and he decides to just destroy everything. He tries to kill Dolph Ziggler. He grabs a chair and tries to kill Miz and Morrison. Gets himself de Tucker tries to stop him. And Otis gets himself DQ'd and by, by just destroying Miz and Morrison with his chair before Tucky finally calms him down, gives him a big hug, and Otis is sobbing into Tucky's arm, like, into his chest. Holy crap, Nick. Well, we love horror movies, so I'll tell you what immediately popped in my head. The the final climax of Seven. Morgan Freeman, Brad what? Pitt with Kevin Spacey sitting there. What? Listen, what? hear me out. Hear me what? out. Oh. Tucker is Morgan Freeman. If you shoot him, he wins. Right? Oh, that whole, my that God. whole speech. Seriously. Oh. And he just couldn't resist. And he, just, he had to take okay. him out. Stretch. That, it's a listen, stretch. But it was, doesn't make but Brad it, but, Pitt a bad guy. If it, if it was, if it, well, yeah, he gave in to, to the sin. Anyway, that's you're going to get me talking about seven okay. here, man. Right. We're going to do that a lot in the patron mailbag from what I've seen so far. We're going to whole another thing. But, Stick around, uh, guys. But, yes, you're not wrong where Tucky's saying, yeah, don't, don't do it, don't do it. And Otis just goes, I got to do it. I'm too mad. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant impersonation. <laughs> I love it. My balls are swollen from seven years of not having sex. I gotta kill something. My <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I killed a Tucky. I killed him. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tucky. <laughs> yeah, but so, Tucker. Yeah. I mean, so, are, listen. Are we? 
there was scuttlebutt that this was a character assassination for Otis. It, I don't think this ruined him in any way. Everybody has a snapping point. Everybody has a breaking point. His just got out. And I think this is still going to continue. They're still investing in this. Like, this is going to ramp up. But then at the same time, we're also showing Tucker kind of getting another little spotlight here, being the person of reason, trying to intervene in the whole thing. And there's right. a lot of little there's a lot of little dynamics and moving parts to this whole thing. And I want to clarify something because I did I did throw out a, a word there, and it was I, I meant it as being joking, but calling Otis an incel in the situation and having this be like this incel rage, um, I don't think that's what they're going for. I think it would be too easy for them to to have it feel that way, right? And I I think that actually credit to Otis as a performer that he's just too lovable to feel like that sort of character yeah. you know what i mean yeah like where he's not he's not creepy he's not disturbing um i'm i'm making fun of him for displaying those traits but credit to him for his performance being you know that this is sweet guy finally reached his goddamn limit with this bullying sack of crap Dolph ziggler and sold it by you know kind of crying on tucky's arm afterwards yeah you know after he after he got it all out Right, hat kind of just the big exhale. So it wasn't like he went on and kept on beating up Miz and Morrison, and then right. turned on Tucky and turned on commentary. Like he didn't get his, he didn't he didn't get his he didn't get his black trench coat and walk back into the arena with a with a duffel bag. You know what I'm right. saying? Exactly. But he did. He 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 was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. It just they pushed me too far, man. Was that a was that so. a professional reference? The professional, the black trench coat. What are you referring to there? Uh it's a it's a very dark reference, man. Okay, never mind. If you don't if you don't get it, I just just. Leave it alone. Okay, we'll leave it there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I thought that was great character work for Otis, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going with this. They're definitely going for some sort of angle there with with him and Ziggler at WrestleMania. But what's up with the tag team championships? They still don't have an opponent for Miz and Morrison. What's was there going to be a stipulation match? Uh, fatal four way. They just did a chamber. Yeah. What are they going to do? I don't, I don't know. But we like, do that know that was what like three do. weeks ago, two weeks ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We do know what they're going to do for Bailey's title finally, though, after weeks of speculation, wondering if it was going to be Lacey Evans again or Sasha Banks or what. Speaking of randos well, showing up and booking WrestleMania yeah. matches. Yeah, last week she was supposed to, to show up and didn't. But this Listen, week, they got Here we go again. Before we get too far into this, here we go again with WrestleMania saying, tonight on SmackDown, Paige. Via Skype. Yeah, via Skype from L.A., um, where she's apparently getting lip injections. But, Still, uh, how? Dear God Almighty, woman, stop, stop it. it! Stop it! Stop it! Ah, uh, you're not. She's not even thirty yet, is she? No, I don't think. Jesus so. Christ! It's things are not going to go well in about ten, fifteen years. No. I'm not not to harp on her, but Jesus Christ! I, I live in LA. I, I see a lot of the damage that happens later on in life when people get obsessed with this kind of thing. Anyway, um, Paige shows up and. Uh, randomly, apparently, is given the power to book a WrestleMania match because she told Bailey that she'll be facing Lacey Evans. Only not just Lacey Evans, but also Tamina, because uh, Bailey mentioned, "Who are you going to put in next, Tamina?" Um, yeah, so you got uh, Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke. They made fun of Dana Brooke. Tamina, as I said, uh, Bailey says, "Does she even go here uh, anymore?" And Naomi, and as uh, as this went on, Bailey decided to just keep poking at Paige and be like, okay, fine, yeah, this is great. Uh, Sasha finally chimes in and says, get out of here, Paige, what are you even doing here? And Paige says, oh, that reminds me, Sasha, you're in the match too. 
which I think is the one interesting little twist about this whole thing, is that you're you're patting yourself on the shoulder. I, I you're am patting yourself. On the yeah, I'm, did I'm, you call this? Yeah, I did. You Remember did? a couple of weeks ago, I said there was a backstage interview with Sa- Sasha and Bailey, and Sasha kept eyeing the championship. Yes. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people actually saw this as what was going to be Nia Jax's return. And I think we were all halfway expecting Paige to be announcing Nia Jax to be her opponent at WrestleMania. Right, and we were, oh, I, and well, I was waiting this whole segment. I was waiting for it, dude. And then she starts going, she starts going Dana Brooke, Amy Lacey Beeble, Evans, Tamina, <laughs> Naomi, and I'm going, none of them oh, are getting the championship. Not do, do it. And so it was I a do. big shock to me that it was Sasha already instead of, I, I thought what we were expecting, a returning Nia Jax. But it's very clear now exactly the road they're going down, which is what I said they should have done at SummerSlam last year. Now they're, they're just doing it now, which there fine, we are. Fine. 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 Uh, at least it's going to be interesting. Here's the thing. It's an elimination match. Yeah. It's an elimination. Gauntlet? So, or, uh, did they call it a gauntlet? It's a six-pack challenge. Okay. Six-pack right. challenge, elimination match. Yeah. So basically Dana Brooke, Tamina, Naomi, and or Lacey Evans out pretty quickly, probably in that order. Yeah. Um, and then it's going to come down to Sasha and Bailey at the end, or Sasha will sneak a win. Fine. That's more interesting than just Bailey versus Lacey Evans. Sure. Frankly. So if you got to do something, it's basic, it's obvious, but at least it'll be something. Don't rule out the Nia interference. Uh, I'm not. At Mania. I think, it, not. I think it's she's openly advertised that she's been cleared. So Nia interference and then Nia is the heater for Sasha. She's the enforcer for Sasha. She's, the, she's Sasha's that. diesel. I can see that. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Oh, I wouldn't hey, be mad I, at that. I wouldn't be mad at that. It's fine. Keep Better Nia than Nia and Tamina. Oh, as a, te- as a team. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No I, kidding. <laughs> uh, and then finally, there. finally, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were not happy that Asuka came out last week to spook them. So they challenged Oscar. Uh, actually, Alexa challenged Asuka to a singles match next week. Okay, cool. Alexa versus Asuka. Bring it on. Uh, ultimately, obviously, this is going to head towards... Asuka and Kyrie Sane versus Alexa and Nikki at WrestleMania. So that's fine. It's it just seems a bit obvious. I'm sitting here just going, get on with it. Isn't it funny how in New Japan they use tag matches to build singles feuds, and in WWE we use singles matches to build tag feuds. You ever thought about that? Not too hard, no. Yeah, okay. Never mind. (laughs) Listen, this was this was uh, not enjoyable um, to watch. It was it was fine. It It was just it, it was just there. It blew by. It was mostly useless. You're talking about the show as a whole? Show yeah, as a whole. The show as ah. a whole, not this segment. But, I mean, the show as a whole, in my opinion, was like I I had hopes that they would learn some lessons and see some things that AEW did where they could still pull some things off. Move right. some camera angles. Change the commentary around a little bit. Um, Keep Triple H on there because he was the best thing about SmackDown last week, and he was gone, and it was just Michael Cole screaming. Like, you know, the Otis segment, Michael Cole is almost screaming at Otis's Face. Otis is tearing this guy apart. He's beating him up from pillar to post. Otis is five feet in front of him, and you're screaming at him, you know, his name and what he's doing. It was just weird. Yeah. I will give Cole credit. He held the whole thing together by himself this week. Sort of Sami Zayn. Uh, I'll give him a little bit of credit. He he delivered his it's, job and everything this week. His job is incredibly hard. It is not 100% his fault that he is as dry and 
unentertaining as he is, um, it is, I think, what he has been told to do and or trained to do um, just to be completely dry, but the problem, you know, and, and push all of these catchphrases and, and everything. We've discovered before, and we say this a lot, is when Michael Cole is allowed to just be himself, and there's no one screaming in his ear, and he's allowed to loosen up, he is a fantastic commentator, and he knows a lot about commentating. He's the guy who trains the commentators in NXT, or he did. Um, so he is really good, and we give him crap, but he is genuinely extremely talented. But it's, you know, the style that he does, it's not necessarily his fault, sure. but it's brutal. Yeah. But he, but again, like you said, he held this all together. With he didn't have the fun jocularity of Triple H this week, so he was just forced to just cover all the bases at once, and he did. And props to him for that. Yeah. Well, that was SmackDown, guys. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully, they find ways to continue to do things better. But I, I feel really bad. Uh, as we're going to talk about in the in the uh, news section a little bit later, I feel bad if they think that this is fine and things continue the way that they do. But Mr. Mop, the Mop, Sean Clark himself, says it is time to go over and do our moment of positivity. So are you in danger? What made you happy this week in the professional wrestlings? Oh man. Um it's it's tough because this was a really weird week of wrestling, and there was a lot that was just head scratching. Yeah. Um, and a lot that was very humbling isn't the word, but it, it, you know, it just, I, I just wanted to kind of sit there and just kind of quietly take it in because all, all over written all over these shows was evidence of what's happening today and, and how this is affecting our society and how this is affecting our world. And it was hard not to feel it, not to see it. Um, and it was hard not to feel affected by it and have that cast a pall, if you will, over all the proceedings. Um, I'm going to say my mop for this week, though, had to have been the one moment where I genuinely got an unbiased, unforced, had nothing to do with me thinking about something, smile on my face. It came completely unbidden because, God damn it, Sammy Guevara singing Judas was freaking hilarious and a beautiful moment. And I genuinely just had like, a completely sub like unconsciously uh, it, it, I just started smiling for no reason and you and hate that funny. song I don't hate Judas I just don't think it's as good as everyone else does oh, it's, okay. it's just a it's a it's a by the numbers hard rock song yeah it's good but it's you know good old four on the floor <laughs> yeah it just it just kind of is but uh, it's catch, I think it was hilarious song. for him singing it off key to almost karaoke style to MJF and Sean Spears ringside and they were getting into it and dancing and jamming along with it and all that. But as to have to continue the fan participation that we would normally hear people singing the chorus of that song, uh, <laughs> I, I thought that just it was a cover. It was, it was a great really cover. good. It was really good. Uh, I think mine this week is uh, AEW gave me hope. Mm. Let me clarify what I mean by that. There wasn't any particular moment that stood out more for me 
Then about 10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night when I stood up out of my chair and I went, oh, this is going to be okay. Mm. And I needed that after the last week, after mm. SmackDown and Raw. I, I needed that. Like, oh, okay, this is going to be okay. One company at least so far has figured out how to work in these conditions, in this environment. Okay, this is going to be okay. This is going to be fine. Uh, we're going to continue to tweak this. We're going to continue to amp it up. Not to mention the fact that it was a fantastic show with some great matches, interactions, commentary, and two massive reveals. Putting all of that aside, had all of that not happened, the 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 meta of this whole thing, like putting on the show the way that they did, juxtaposed to what we saw on on SmackDown and Raw previously, I had this huge moment of relieving exhale of just, oh, okay, right, okay. Some one company figured it out. <laughs> we're we're gonna be fine. We'll be okay. We're gonna continue to enjoy wrestling. Now, I my hope w was shattered when we got to SmackDown <laughs> Friday night, two nights removed. Uh, uh, when they learned trying. they learned no lessons. They did exactly, right. if not worse, than last week when they right. did, it was the first time. And I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping beyond hope that WWE takes these opportunities to be innovative and be creative because they have no excuses they really don't they've got the right. money the resources the talent and the capability Your backs against the wall be creative this is when they do their best creativity and, and i've seen it said several times by folks aew took their big old schlong and laid it out on the table this week on dynamite and said what mm -hmm. and and basically just mugged at them and <laughs> As we're going to talk about next, that that had results, that had implications. It, it did. Uh, it had a direct effect on things, and I fear for WWE's sake, even with the stock market downturn that we're witnessing right now, it's Oof. going to have some pretty drastic ramifications if they don't pull a big old fluffy white rabbit out of their ass for WrestleMania in a couple of weeks. That's a visual. They are up against the wall right now, and Vince is known for being able to pull them giant fluffy white rabbits out of his ass from time to time. I don't know. Now I'm see now I'm seeing the 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 rabbit from uh, the what was it? what was uh, what was Tricks? Rose uh, Adam no. Rose Adam Rose's rabbit. Oh God, no! I'm just I'm seeing Vince, but never mind. You know where I'm going with that. I'm gonna leave it right there, Nick. I guess uh, I guess that's the mop. That is the mop. Thank you very much to Sean Clark as well Thank for you. his twenty dollar contribution to the tip jar earlier. Thank you, brother. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you so much. But we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 All right. Well, you know, there's kind of irrelevant this week because all the craziness that's going on, like we really shouldn't be looking at the ratings, but let's do it anyway. AEW absolutely crushed NXT 932,000 with a .35 to NXT 542,000 with a .16. That's what happens when you do a recap show, ladies and gentlemen. People go and watch the show that's actually wrestling. Um, you know, I don't think that we should really be like, well, AEW won the war this week. NXT didn't even try. doesn't matter. They, they were handicapped. Their hands are tied behind their backs. But uh, interesting to note how many people jump ship to where they're actually doing things. I'll give them a pass because uh, they're out there trying to figure out what to do with the Super Bowl of wrestling. You know what? Right. They, they, got, yeah. they got bigger bigger fish to fry right are now. we gonna do takeover are we gonna push it back how are we gonna run it like they've got a lot they've got a lot of logistics to figure out so i don't blame them at all uh cancellations there's a there's a ton of indie cancellations um 
you know, everything, basically everything's getting canceled right now. Yeah. The entire country of Australia has canceled all wrestling events. The entire state of Mexico has canceled all boxing and, uh, and wrestling events. Um, and that's Mexico is going until 420. So they're not even, uh, they're not messing around. They're, yeah. they're doing it for an entire month. Um, Australia's talking about six months. I saw their press conference uh, Thursday morning, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama. Oops. Uh, my note just went kaputski. Uh -oh. Alabama uh, is not giving any uh, licenses for like their wrestling commission. Um, the athletic commission has halted the issuance of permits to hold pro wrestling events in the state based on Governor Kay Ivey ordering no gatherings with more than 25 people where a six-foot distance between people couldn't be maintained. Uh, that's from Wrestling Observer. So they got a whole list of stuff that's, uh, that's been canceled. Legacy Fighting Alliance, canceled. Riot City Wrestling tomorrow night, canceled. Uh, Revolution Wrestling Federation with Scott Steiner on Sunday was canceled. CWE, canceled. Synergy Pro Wrestling. They're going to have an iPay-Per-View show on 328. Um, no word on whether that will have a crowd or not. So... Yeah, it's uh, not unsurprisingly, everything's getting canceled right and left. People are scrambling to try and figure stuff out. But in Japan, the news is good. Uh, Dragon Gate is coming back. Uh, they will be coming back to Kobe on Sunday. DDT is coming back. Stardom is going to be starting to run shows again on uh, starting on Tuesday. They'll be, they'll be at Krakowin Hall. So uh, Japan only has three precincts, I believe, that are still under danger of uh, COVID spreading. And they cleared everything else. So at this point, they're going to start ramping wrestling back up. Hopefully, within the next week or so, we'll have some news on whether New Japan will be coming back as well. Yeah. Get them back on track going towards what I hope will be Dominion. Impact Wrestling will be inducting Ken Shamrock into their Hall of Fame at Bound for Glory. Uh, and what's interesting about this is when they had the video package announcing about his career, they had a bunch of WWE footage. WWE licensed and lent some of its footage to Impact, the way that Impact has actually lent some of its footage to WWE in the past. So it's nice to see that they still have a bit of a cordial relationship when it comes to sharing of footage for their big stars. But congratulations to Ken Shamrock. Very much deserved. He does follow us on Twitter and listen to the show from time to time. So, Ken, congratulations on your Dude, induction into the Hall of Fame. Utter, utter legend, yeah. utter badass. One of my favorite and, uh, characters and, and performers during the Attitude Era, for sure. And also a genuinely freaking scary human being. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like from all the way back in Pancrase, like the dude is just terrifying. Yeah. Still, still, the guy still is a machine. Day. Still, I saw him at Double or Nothing. The guy is still a freaking machine. My God. Yeah. Uh, so do you remember the lawsuit? So this is the whole big thing. Hulk Hogan sued Cox Radio because two of the hosts there, uh, Cowhead Calta and Spice Boy Lloyd, uh, they were the ones that released the sex tape of him having sex with Bubba the Love Sponge's, at the time, wife, right? And that was the same video where Hulk Hogan used the N-word and what got him in a ton of trouble, right? So they're the ones that released that video, and Hogan sued them. He sued Gawker, which, po which put the, uh, the video out online. He sued Gawker for $141 million, received a settlement for $31 million, and then went after Cox Radio for the balance of, uh, of $110 million. Okay. And he was still going after the, the radio station and the DJs for that, um, for conspiring to release the sex video. So apparently they just settled that 
this week. We don't know. It's, it was a private settlement. We don't know what they settled for. It was going to go to jury trial starting in January of 2021. But apparently Cox Radio has decided that it'd just be better to give Terry some money and make this all go and away. And at least that way they can wrap it in an NDA and it not be part of public record. That's what that and really which, means. Which was Hogan's whole thing is he didn't right. want any of this out there. Um, if you've ever watched any of the footage of the Gawker trial and everything, like he was, he was like, you're, it was basically, he was like, you're breaking my kayfabe. Yeah. You're ruining my life. Um, and while there was stuff on the video that is just, you know, there's no way for him to talk his way out of it. Like he said what he said, he did what he did. Um, and he's forever going to be tainted by that. At the same time, I can also understand why there's a lot of that he wants and deserves to have kept private. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that this was settled and, it's done, and uh, at the end of it, Hogan won, which at the, at, for this, he deserved to. Yep. And there's not a lot of times I'll give him support these days, but that's definitely one that uh, I absolutely I think he deserves it. Uh, ESPN will be airing classic WrestleMania events starting this Sunday. Starting tomorrow, they'll be playing WrestleMania 30. Then they'll be playing WrestleMania 32, 35. I don't know how many times they'll do it, but they're going to be doing it throughout the week. Um, one wonders if this is the beginning of showing that ESPN will be starting to, to license some of WWE's content. Right now, ESPN is suffering for content. They've got no sports to report on. So they need content. Luckily, they're buddies with WWE, who has a tape library a mile wide, and it can give them all kinds of, of major uh, stuff to put on there. I think it's interesting that all the WrestleManias they're showing are from the last five years. They're not going like older stuff. They're keeping it somewhat modern. I thought that was interesting. I wonder if they'll show any older stuff on there or if they'll try to keep it uh, more new. I'm wondering if it's to show that ESPN has an audience for this kind of stuff as a way to sway test trial. Right. Yeah. Let's 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 show Vince that we can draw some we can draw a few million people to watch a program, a four hour program uh, or or actually it's a WrestleMania six hour program uh, on a, a WrestleMania just to see like if they were to do it on ESPN for a pay-per-view for 35 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it is or an ESPN ESPN plus subscription could could people be could people watch it and i think it's going to yeah. be a it's going to be very binary it's going to be a hell yes or a hell no and i think <laughs> people we're going to find out one way or another yes we are uh, they have a captive audience so we will see uh, speaking of captive audiences Hey, go check out 205 Live and NXT UK. 205 Live in particular. Um, you, NXT UK was great. 205 Live, though, you had Birch and Lorcan coming back on TV. Danny Birch versus Joaquin Wild. And uh, Swerve Scott versus Oni Lorcan. Mm. So check that out. Also, Finn Balor building his feud with Walter over on NXT UK. So worth checking out there. Uh, Nick, come get your boy. Because Braun Strowman is saying some stupid stuff on Twitter. Like... Just, I'm making me upset. Uh, Evil Uno posted on, uh, not you know, not as Evil Uno, but he posted out there that people should be trying to help indie wrestlers during this time when they can't work. Um, you know, say, hey, go check out their GoFundMe's, go ha- go check out their Patreons, help them out. They're out of a job right now. And uh, Adam Scher, aka Braun Strowman said, here we go, on Twitter, he said, here we go with more of the somebody pay for my bills stuff. If you can't afford to pay your bills, maybe you should change professions. That's why I quit Strongman. I loved it, but I couldn't afford to live, 
So instead of making a GoFundMe or a Patreon wanting someone else to take care of me, I went out and worked harder than I ever have in my life to get where I am. What happened to being accountable for your own actions? And for anyone that, that goes, that's easy for you to say. You're a WWE superstar, just an FYI. Seven years ago, I moved to Florida with everything I owned in a Kia Soul with 150 bucks to my name when I started this. So, yeah, suffice it to say that Braun You and got every other wrestler that eviscerated. ever started? Yeah, he got, you know? he got eviscerated by Twitter over this, um, as you can imagine, because, you know, it's great for Braun to say that now that, you know, being the genetic freak that he is, the, the sort of thing that, that WWE would love to have in their company and built for this whole business, that he can go to Florida and get this job on a whim and now be in a position where he can say this. But had this all happened when he was in that Kia Soul, the 150 bucks, things might be a little bit different for him. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I know they listen. I don't know if Braun listens, but this is a teachable moment and say, dude, think about what it would be like if you didn't have what you have right now and you were, you know, you were still doing strongman and unable to live and they had to cancel all your strongman events. That's what's happening to these people. Yes. And you'd really be up a damn creek and you'd love it if people had the empathy and humanity to reach out and support you in your time of need. So I am going to say that, you know, you're a WWE superstar, blah, blah, blah. Imagine if you weren't. I have, really I have no defense of this. Uh, you guys know my love for Braun. Um, there, but there's certain tweets and comments that you should just not push publish on. It's fine to have opinions. It's fine to have thoughts, uh, regardless of one way or the other. But you have a platform. You are yeah. a WWE superstar. And if I was a manager coaching you, I'd say, yeah, much like I was coaching some of the things that ACH was doing and saying tact quite tact, a bit. Man. There, yeah. This is the time for compassion. This is the time for understanding. This is Elevating not the time. Yeah. Exactly. This is not the time to go out and accost people uh, for quote-unquote being lazy. Right. Uh, and not putting in effort. You should have thought ahead. You should have thought ahead and known that there was going to be an international pandemic that was going to take away your job. Okay. All right, pal. Uh, yeah, that, no, that, hurt, I, that I, hurts the, uh, the love and the respect levels quite a bit, man. Uh, yeah, we're, we're better than that in North Carolina, sir. I, I really, I, I hope that he's got people around him to kind of pull him aside and, and you know, that he's open to, to hearing, you know, hearing that and being like, oh yeah, you know, maybe you're right. There is another way to think. Southern about this, people so. take cobblers and to their neighbors and casseroles to their neighbors. They, yes, they do all of this kind of good stuff. We, we don't yell at our guy across the street because he can't afford to pay for his kids to eat. We help them. Yep. We step up and yeah. we feed them. My that's neighbors what, are giving that's what out, good old my neighbors North Carolina country boys do. Here in LA, we give out quarters for laundry. That's about all we get here. So, but. this, <laughs> this uh, that's what I'm disappointed in. Is that I look at this on a more personal level. Is that one of my one of my brothers from North Carolina? Right. This is not how we act. There's there's a lot more compassion here than than you would think. So anyway, yeah. Enough of that. Hopefully, hopefully he learns to be better. Shame on you, man. Uh, Jerry Lawler said in an interview that WWE sent Asuka last week out on commentary as an experiment because they just wanted her to make noise and fill up the space so it wasn't silent and that everyone loved it. Uh, so that's really great news. I love to hear that Jerry Lawler was reporting that, that yes, they just literally sent Asuka out there because they were like, she's funny and she's great when she just yells and screams. Go out there and yell and scream. And then she came back and they were like, that was great. So... Love hearing that. Love that Lala reported that. Uh, Nick Jackson, as I said earlier, his wife had their baby boy on the 19th two days ago. So congratulations 
to Nick Jackson. He's officially a father again. My God, they're building a wrestling stable over there. Boy, they got a lot of young bucks running around. Uh, Jeff Hardy has announced that he will be getting no more words back as his entrance music. So for anyone who liked his old entrance theme, the, the best Jeff Hardy entrance theme, it's coming back, baby. Hell yes. I mean, that's one thing that, that he had to say. Like, if I, I'll resign with you, but you got to let me have no more words back. Mm. So looking forward to hearing that nice. again. Matt Hardy uh, was on Talk as Jericho this week. And if you're looking for more content to listen to, now that you've made it through our show, go listen to that episode. It's basically, it's up there with the John Moxley interview. Once again, Matt Hardy talks about everything. Uh, he's not in character. He's not broken Matt Hardy. In it. He's just Matt Hardy. And he definitely paints a very similar picture to what John Moxley painted uh, about WWE. Specifically really saying he might even still be in WWE if Vince weren't there. So uh, some, some more damning stuff about the culture at WWE coming out from Talk is Jericho by Matt Hardy. Uh, Marty Skrull over Ring of Honor, he had an interview. Uh, he said something that, Nick, I think really, uh, when we speculated on why he didn't go to AEW, yeah. I think we were on the money because he said, and I quote, I'm sure most expected me to go to AEW, and of course, Matt and Nick are two of my best friends in the whole entire world. I love them, and I love what they were doing. I'm very proud of them. When it came to my decision, though, I, like them, had my own vision, my own dreams, and the opportunity to create a promotion in my own vision was something I always wanted and couldn't turn down. I've been wrestling for a long time, and it was time to do something new and set a challenge for myself. Ring of Honor have always been amazing to me, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be more involved. They have the trust in me, and it really gives me the chance to be creative, which I've always enjoyed more than anything. I have great relationships with Tony, Cody, and Kenny, and it's cool that we're all doing our own things and making a splash in the wrestling world. He, exactly, perfect. You, you can be a small fish in a big pond or a big fish in a small pond. He did the right thing. I absolutely think that was, that was looking at that now. And if he's able to turn the ship around, he now gets all the credit. And so far, if we go back so to 2010 good. Ring of Honor, here we are 10 years later. If we go back to that, all the people you love in WWE, guess where they came from? Ring of Honor. So yeah. if he's able to turn that ship around and get it back on form to where it was 10 years ago, he's going to get all the credit. And it's going to make, it's going to do far more for him than continuing to be the villain in AEW. So yeah. that's, that's Completely my thoughts. Agreed. Good for him. Completely agreed. I think he made and the good right good for decision. you for taking a chance on yourself. Not enough people do that. Good for you. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and, and a big chance. He could have taken the easy road here. Sure. You Collect know, a paycheck, decided, put the mask on, go out and go-go. You know, do that some more. <laughs> and, Marty and, Skrull, and, and wrestles, Super kick. And just, you can do that some more and just be Marty Skrull. And he would have been paid very well to do so. Or... You can take a chance on yourself here and get rewarded even more, but the the risk versus reward is is part of the conversation. So and have your own legacy right now. You know, you can be part of someone else's legacy. You can be part of someone else's story. You can write your own. So props to Marty for betting on himself. Yep. Uh, Total Bellows will be airing one week early. Nick, you'll be happy to know it's starting right. on April second, nine eight central. 
So instead of having to wait all the way until the 9th of April, you'll get it a week early, Nick. You lucky devil you. Speaking of things that came out a week early, I noticed you didn't have it in the note here, but I did want to tell everybody we posted it in the group. Uh, Vice has released the first episode of the Chris Benoit docuseries early and yes. they put it up on YouTube for everybody. So it'll be interesting to see if they put the whole thing on YouTube over the next few weeks or if they're just using this as a little carrot to get you to come and subscribe. This, to watch what I understand is that if this is going to be a carrot. Yeah, we okay. both actually posted it, Nick. You just got to it first, so my yeah. post got deleted. By that's me. okay. I understand. I, yes, I understand. That's, that's, <laughs> no, I, put, I wanted the, to contain it all. Rules. I put a I put a spoiler wrapper around mine so people could discuss yep. it. So yep. feel free to discuss the episode as you watch it in that thread. Please keep it in that thread so that we don't have spoilers leak out into the group. Thank you. Uh, WWE is selling I wasn't there WrestleMania shirts, which is probably the most brilliant creative move they've had in years. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there WrestleMania. What is it? 35 this year? Six. That's 36. Yeah. that That's freaking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania 36, I was on my couch. That's yeah. another one they should do. And finally, happy birthday, be hey, a priest. Happy, hey, birthday. happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, and best of luck. She's all over the place right now, both in Japan, AEW, and getting beat up by her boyfriend, Will Ospreay, yeah. on a no <laughs> fan show on, on YouTube. Uh, that man has the nastiest chops in the, to begin with. He chops his own girlfriend in a match. Uh, she might Savage. be into it. You never know. Savage. Absolutely savage. And that is the news, Nick. Well, thank you very much, Sir and Dangerous, and thank you guys for hanging out with us. Don't go anywhere. We will be back, right back with a brand new stream for our 24th episode of our patron mailbag series where our patrons send in questions every single week, and we answer them live right here on the air for you for everyone to listen and enjoy. To do that, to get your questions in, you got to head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers there. It is the best way to support the show here at Busted Wide Open, so please continue to give there plus you will see your Nia Jax dubstep ringtone here very very soon uh patreon.com slash bwo got to get over there and get signed up we got multiple tiers at multiple levels all kinds of different exclusive perks that you can receive for doing so and thank you to all of the phenomenal ones for all your continued contributions and questions and everything else are in and around this wonderful community that has somehow spawned out of you and I geeking out about professional wrestling thank you very much for that we absolutely love you for it and we have high hopes Amen. for the future uh come over to facebook join us in the group there you'll find links to our discord community where we do all of our live chats throughout the week and special dedicated channels for pay-per-views such as whatever the hell is going to happen with wrestlemania here in the next couple of weeks to be determined we will keep you guys posted but make sure you're in both so you can chat with us as the shows air throughout every single week. Uh, you can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash open. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you like this video. Thank you guys for all of your support. All of the links to everything I just outlined, if you're watching on YouTube, are in the description down below. Thank you very much, everybody, for all of your support. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DataCenterDude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn thing? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.